Welcome everybody to High and Low, a podcast about talking picture shows. We do films that are corny, and some that are horny, and some that win Academy Awardies. Doing all kind of movies from all kind of genres, serving hot takes like plates of lasagna. Before we get going, I warning to you, you might hear some talk that's a little blue. We sometimes cuss and we sometimes curse, we like to do it off the cuff and don't rehearse. Now if this sounds like your kind of show, tune in, drop out, this, this is High and Low. low. This week, on a so very episode of High and Low, we're talking about a subject that affects many people across the globe. I know it's very near and dear to my heart. Of course, we're talking about bullying. How do you handle a bully? Feed them drain cleaner? Waterboard them in a toilet? Lay waste to town with an alien laser blaster? We're going to find out as we discuss the 1989 cult classic Heathers and the legendary 1978 B-movie Laser Blast. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Mitchell. Happy to be here. And Luke. Hi. Fellas, how are you doing today? Le- legendary laser blast. <laughs> I had to <laughs> pump it up a little bit. The legend of the laser blast. <laughs> <laughs> I blew up your town. <laughs> World-renowned laser blast. It's a movie that I found. I was just looking through old movies, and the cover really spoke to me. And I realized it was kind of about a, a bullying. This guy gets, he discovers an alien laser blaster, and he takes revenge against bullies so i looked up i was thought sort of thinking about other bully movies and heathers <laughs> is kind of a movie about bullying or peer pressure and just kind of kind oh. of following with the teenage childhood coming age thing that of uh, last episode i guess but yeah this is a little bit uh, older kids yeah they're older so this, this is what's another public service announcement episode that's right this is a message about <laughs> bullying and we're gonna get down yeah. into the weeds on it right the, the right. very special episode of high and low where we talk about <laughs> bullying like f- full disclosure i totally forgot what the linking theme was while i was watching these and i was like i don't know how these are connected but i like it i'm, I'm glad i'm watching them dubiously so. <laughs> they're both loosely connected yeah through bullying i thought it might have been like coming of age was the theme and i was like oh yeah i can kind of see it yeah yeah they're both coming of age tales yeah <laughs> classic coming of age tale. boy meets girl boy <laughs> finds laser gun turns into a zombie yeah, gets it's, annihilated it's one of our more tenuous connections <laughs> yeah but, uh, there is an underlying theme here folks you're in good hands don't, don't worry don't don't try this at home kids michael lehman directed heathers in a 1989 and he's kind of best known for airheads and uh he also yeah. did 40 days and 40 nights that classic he, yeah. he did that Hudson movie hawk and, and don't forget uh, the beaver gets a boner his 1985 student film <laughs> i haven't checked that out that's got to be on youtube though that's probably worth a look i have not but... seen that in that <laughs> yeah stay tuned for that one yeah oh, it... he did truth about cats and dogs yeah oh i've seen that yeah he's done a bunch of movies I've seen. he did the billy sure. crystal one where billy crystal is hanging out with a giant. My giant? Yeah, my giant. I saw that in the theater. I loved it. In the video store, you would always see it on the shelf type movies. Like, I saw that box a million times. So but. Kids now don't know, but Billy Crystal was like <laughs> the, the, every yeah. kid's favorite in it, the 90s. For they some loved reason. him, and, and their parents did too. I was delighted. By he it. hosted yeah. the Oscars like 10 times or something. <laughs> like, he was instant gold. You just sprinkled it, a little Billy Crystal <laughs> dust on whatever you wanted, and yeah. it was juice to the max. Uh, it's did, a wonderful night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oscar. <laughs> he did comedy. He did song and dance numbers he did whatever you needed he was the ultimate showman the ultimate lowest common denominator <laughs> he works with everybody 
yeah, including Mike Michael Lehman. So like, <laughs> needless to say, he's he's a name that nobody knows, but he's done movies that a lot of people have seen. They're kind of weird, off color movies a little bit. Yeah, there's no real. He's not like a Michael Mann, where he's like an auteur is always examining the masculinity or like some sort of offshoot of that this is a guy who just kind of he directs movies he directs fun movies mm-hmm. a lot of those movies yeah. seem pretty looks like kind of poppy teen movies stuff like that and the writer of this one it took me a couple minutes to get on this movie's wavelength daniel waters daniel waters <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> he also wrote like batman returns and a, and a few other things i think he also wrote oh, the adventures of ford fairlane yeah. demolition oh, yeah. man yeah. rennie yeah. harlan's yeah. best movie maybe that'll be on the, the oh, podcast one day i like but... his fucking credits <laughs> okay yeah no i get that writer did take me a while to kind of check into what this movie was doing winona Ryder's the main character in the whole movie she's kind of doing a voiceover and it's like told through her writing a diary there was a couple lines where it's like it's just so clear that a man is writing this <laughs> and not like a teen girl <laughs> like at the beginning she's like uh, i'm so angry right now and i'm not even menstruating or, or something like that <laughs> it's like no i don't think any teen girls writing that in her diary I've read a lot That's... of teen girls' diaries. <laughs> I, I like to snoop, you know. I like to take a peek at what's going on in the lives of the youth. Not only does he not sound like what a teenage girl would sound like, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't really sound natural at all for any sort no. of teenager. But also, it's like yeah. internally coherent, so it actually all kind of works out. Yeah, kind of. It's kind of. It's kind of like Kevin Williamson. You guys, you know, you know Dawson Creek and Scream. Like, oh you wrote, yeah. Like, these, teenage characters that were super literate and like really wordy speeches <laughs> and like they knew all these like, pop culture references that teens of that particular age would not know too cool for school well, yeah what, one of the heathers in this one for fun she's reading a copy of moby dick all the time that's kind of her yeah her she's, character she's the bookish heather that's how i would denote her in my notes yeah. to differentiate because there's three characters called heather who are like you know the the mean girl click of the school yeah. and they rule the, the roost and... yeah then so that, that's heather duke she's played by Shannon Doherty, and then there's a uh, Heather Chandler played by Kim Walker, and a uh, Heather McNamara played by Lisanne Falk. Is Kim Kim Walker is the boss Heather? <laughs> the, Heather Chandler? She's, yeah, she's kind of the boss. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's the boss. She wears the red bow or the red scarf. Yeah. Her hair. That's, that's red's uh, the color of the boss. One thing that's a total bummer, but like I noticed a bit of a theme with both movies that we watched is like a lot of these people met tragic young ends that I know, are in I these saw movies. That. Yeah. yeah. Kim Walker, she died at 32. I didn't uh, realize that. Yeah, that was in 2001. She had a brain tumor or something. Okay. Well, both the leads in Laser Blast died young as well. Oh, that's yeah. right. Like under 30 or right around 30. Other didn't make 50. Yeah. Yeah, he had a congenital heart failure and he died at 37. Yeah, it's really tragic. His name was Kim something as well. Yeah. And yeah. he he was like movies in, are cursed. <laughs> People named Kim, man, don't get into the movies, folks. Shannon Doherty's not doing so great herself these days, but she was diagnosed with ter- terminal cancer a oh, couple of years shit. ago. Really? But she's actually <laughs> turned around man. and she's like doing really well. Yeah. yeah. Laser Blast, it was filmed in the desert. I wonder if it was like the nuclear test site. Like that's why they say John Wayne died so young. He filmed so many <laughs> movies in the desert. <laughs> like, yeah, it could be. It could have been that weird alien plate growing out of his chest, too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that'll John do John Wayne had that? <laughs> Anybody who spends any amount of time in the desert gets one. Hey, John Ford, <laughs> want to take a look at this thing in my chest, Pilgrim? Fire a six-shooter at it. <laughs> you got to entertain yourself out there in the desert. Shannon Doherty, 
She's a Republican now. I think she has been for a very long time. So I liked her as the host of a Scare Tactics. It was genius. <laughs> they like set up a scary practical joke in like somebody's yeah. bedroom, like make it seem like aliens are running in and yeah. abducting them or like, something. Somebody applies for a job at like a laundromat, and it's a fake job posted by the Scare Tactics guys, and they've actually set it up so it looks like someone's getting murdered in the back or something. And they just terrify a, a person <laughs> who doesn't know who shows up and prank them. It's like punked with Ashton Kutcher, but way scarier, like a psycho version. It cool. is great. And she was the host. Yeah. Doherty 2024. Trump Doherty. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time we had somebody from 90210 <laughs> mm-hmm. in office. That's, I mean, that's the track they were on, right? In the show. Like, one of the characters should have made it to the Oval Office. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A bunch Someone. of rich kids. Yeah. Or Melrose Place or something. <laughs> Instead of the Oval Office, they just hopped over to Melrose Place. <laughs> <laughs> the movie Case starts. Ra. Yeah, we're listening to uh, When I Was Just a Little Girl. I asked my mother, what would I be? No, please sing the whole song. Yes. <laughs> it's the serene kind of music going on. They're playing. There's a, a game of croquet being played. Well, these three pretty young girls. Yeah. Yeah. They're sitting on a bench. They stand up and they trample over some flowers. Very symbolic as they're as they're walking. Well, they'll step all over anything. In their yeah. Pen. They're all color coded. Yeah. Red is the lead. Heather. They're, they're color coded to the uh, a croquet set. The croquet is very bougie. Whenever I play croquet, I just. <laughs> kind of whack the one ball into the other ball as hard as i can and maybe try to hit your buddy in the shin yeah it's not really a bougie game but like it mm-hmm. it's kind of like shorthand for bougie at a certain point yes in the 90s or 80s i mean yeah. if, if croquet is not bougie enough that yard is it's like the most beautiful backyard in the history of movies it's got like marble statues peppered throughout it it, it has like three <laughs> fountains yeah <laughs> They're the one of Veronica's parents that are always there. They're always eating pate. They're just mm-hmm. super posh, super rich. Yeah, they didn't seem that rich, her parents, but they were eating pate a lot. All they That's ate good. is 100% pate. And that was uh, also like a signifier in those days of like rich, snooty people. Pate. It's like, who even? To me, pate is <laughs> like cheap ground yeah, liver it's like a shit. liver it's like a tube of sausage that you buy and squeeze out yeah we ate that shit because we were poor when <laughs> i was a kid like it's not that good like right. you can get it at like from roadside stands in vietnam and it's like great but i, it's I got a log disgusting. of it in my fridge right now yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, okay. i don't want to brag or nothing <laughs> they're playing croquet and winona Rider's head is in the ground. She's buried up to her neck in the ground, and they're shooting a like some sort of desert torture type thing where they're gonna let you be eaten by ants or something. But they're just (laughs) shooting croquet balls at her face. Uh, Yeah, she starts addressing the camera and breaks the third wall right off the bat with her uh, undisguised Minnesota accent. (laughs) (laughs) Dear diary. You want to fuck with the eagles? You better learn to fly. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't sound like a valley girl. No, she's well, like Fargo. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess I, I was going to say that she was a new girl, but she wasn't. She was like an unpopular girl who got elevated to the cool girl status. Yeah. She has that one friend throughout the movie. Uh, Betty, they they were they've been friends for a long time, and then she ditched her to be with the Heather's. Yeah, she's just pretty enough, and she's just wealthy enough that she can like maybe get an in with the Heather's. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and she has a very useful skill. Uh, <laughs> as she's talking, you hear her kind of voicing over her diary entry, and she writes like an absolute five year old. But apparently, she can make her handwriting look like anybody's. She can forge anybody's writing. This is such a contrivance of a special yeah. skill. <laughs> She's a master forger. It's going to come into play a lot later. But yeah, they introduce it early on. It's good, uh, good foreshadowing. By the but... way, 
I don't think we have any SA in this episode for once, which is nice, oh. but I'm going to just throw a little content warning right up top <laughs> about suicide and the, self-harm. The, 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 there is a couple yeah. SAs in this episode. Yeah, this, actually, unfortunately. Each has one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. But they're not severe. But no. The suicide well, yeah. thing well, is a major... Is pretty fucked. <laughs> yeah. It's a major theme in this movie, and it's a joke, and we're going to laugh and talk about it because that's how the movie expects you to treat yeah. Yeah. One thing this movie, doing this podcast has taught me is just how many movies have like a, a, a rape or sexual assault in them. Like, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. You always thought of like A Clockwork Orange. Sure, that's a big part of that movie. Is there's a whole big scene with that. And there's one scene. That's like yeah. every movie we've covered so yeah, far. Yeah, it turns uh, out. And it never serves <laughs> the plot. In, in a lot of B movies, it was a way just to throw in some titillation and like get some TNA in the she movie. Thrills. Yeah. We don't condone it, but <laughs> there it is. I do condone suicide. <laughs> in fact, I yeah. encourage it. That, yeah. For all our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Whatever. I already put the content warning out there. Now we can joke about it. <laughs> yeah. Now it's high and low after dark, baby. <laughs> Cracking the strong bit. <laughs> right off the hop, Veronica meets up with the other Heathers and we're introduced to some very of its time, maybe, I don't know, dialogue. There's a lot of phrases that I remember hearing a little bit growing up, like, what's your damage? Yeah. But then there's mm-hmm. other ones that uh, I've never really heard. Like, it'll be very. You're I, so very. You're so very. I, I don't know if this was actual teen dialogue of the time or if this was Daniel Wint- Waters dialogue, the writer. Yeah, who <laughs> I don't know much about him. Maybe he was like a 40 year old man trying to be like. <laughs> I think he must have done his research on Valley Girl slang. Some like Valley Girls talk to him and they're like, oh, yeah, and we say this and this and this. And he's like, uh huh, uh-huh. and he's writing it all down. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, He's such an incredulous fool. We would never say those stupid fucking slang. So, you're saying this guy's not a total pillowcase? Yeah, I'm glad you guys noted some of the slang. I didn't have enough time to write any of it down. It's so, so fast and furious. much of it. Yeah, right. I'm such a pillowcase. I'd spew burrito chunks. Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Yeah. Do I look like Mo- Mother Teresa? Uh, yeah, that was one of those lines where I was like, I don't know if teen- a teen girl says that. I feel like Daniel Waters probably yeah, says yeah. that. But <laughs> yeah. Maybe the Mother Teresa line. That She was like a... She's a big cultural like icon. A big reference uh, around me gently with a chainsaw. The kind of- <laughs> yeah. yeah, these are like teen girls who are telling each other to suck my dick. Would you let go of my dick? <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. But like, but, she, uh, no teenage girl no. would say that. Teenage girls... Write in and yeah. put your full names Correct and numbers us. and addresses, please. <laughs> Other times, they just kind of sounded like the Stand By Me Boys, uh, their slang. Like, <laughs> that's so funny, I forgot to laugh or stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I could totally see that coming out of these girls' mouths. Yeah, so they're the mean, popular girls to Heathers. And there's we, we see, like, the big cafeteria scene, which is, like, a given in these kinds of movies. And the only thing that's really different is the dialogue. Like we've said, it's so unique. It's the shit everybody's saying is crazy. Yeah. That's like the whole mm-hmm. thing in this movie. The it's, closest analog I can find is like Mean Girls. It's definitely yeah. a Mean Girls prototype. Like Mean Girls yeah. saw this movie. Yeah, and- Tina Fey said this was like a big influence on her, and it shows foul mouths and yeah, and, and the, a- the boss Heather who wears the red, who is like in charge of everything, is basically a Regina King or yeah, whatever. Yeah, everything's mean Girls. turned up to to eleven to mm-hmm. use a Rob Reiner parlance. Like all of these movies, we get introduced to all of the different kind of cliques. You yes, have the, the cliques, the nerdy the folks. The you have the jocks, yeah, the mean girls. You have the kind of out 
episode cast, there's this one girl, she's uh, kind of large, and they make fun of her for it, and so... Yeah, Dump Truck Martha. Dump Truck Martha. Her. Stand By Me had Lardass Hogan, and unfortunately, Heathers has Dump Truck Martha. I hope Lardass and Dump Truck meet each other. <laughs> yeah, what the... Match made in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's actually a really effective scene, The this cafeteria scene. It, like, introduces every character in the movie, basically. It always is. It's like a screenwriter's dream, having a cafeteria yeah. scene where there's different groups of people. They're all forced to intermingle to some degree and there's yeah. social dynamics at play. That's just what high school was, where yeah. you just like jam a bunch of people, like a thousand kids who were going through some of the craziest <laughs> time in their life up until that point and like locking the doors for eight hours a day. And half it's like a social experiment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Stanford prison experiment. Yeah, we get the jocks is like, I want to get a Heather, I'll put her on my Johnson and spin her around like a goddamn pinwheel. <laughs> yeah. This guy's just such douches, but like, that seems about right. Yeah, it's super nerdy nerds and the burnouts too yeah you get everything the whole everybody's there yeah the jocks are there there that's me i'm the cool one that's getting (laughs) pussy i'm probably one of the nerdy uh, like the the, do-gooders who's like behind the table handing out like pamphlets to free tibet or whatever the cause like big thing yeah feed people in africa and then the heathers sit down and they're like uh they still need to be fed over there like it just very heathers like the boss click dialogue <laughs> like very clueless valley girls yeah, yeah. But- we also see christian slater Jason Dean is the character, and he's making eyes at Veronica. Uh, yeah. That's Winona Ryder. The they whole... clock each other from across the room. Oh, yeah. He's got like a quizzical look. He's got like smoke in his eyes the whole time. <laughs> They're always just squinting, and he's staring from across the room. Mm-hmm. He, he's doing a Jack Nicholson impression. Absolutely. <laughs> We're rambly off the top, just setting this up. What's your guys' thoughts on Christian Slater? I like him. I don't really know that I've seen much of him lately, but I'm I'm never really unhappy when he shows up. Oh. He's a value-added performer for me. He's in a lot of movies that I quite like like he's a true romance and it's stuff i'm not sure how i feel about him as an actor though maybe he was like a paul walker would be a modern more modern equivalent like kind of a a, a pretty he's boy got a lot more character than <laughs> yeah paul he's walker. a better actor than paul walker was. but he kind of always does also he's sort of playing christian slater in robin hood he's not doing he's a... more of a character <laughs> he's yeah I, I, we were we were trying to do impressions of him, which you'll hear of later. <laughs> but like he's like a little Jack Nicholson. He, he's yeah. got a lot of Jack Nicholson flavor in the mix. Yeah, yeah. but like, but he's a I don't like him. Spice. I don't fucking don't like, like him, him as an actor. <laughs> <laughs> I never have. I you know, and I've liked a lot of movies he's in. Interview with Vampire, Pump Up the Volume. <laughs> like I can take him in a movie because usually the movies have good scripts that he's in. He's always yeah. he had a good run where he was in all these good movies. I think he fucking stinks. He does his thing, and he doesn't deviate from it much, but usually because the scripts are good, he does that thing well for the script, because people put him in there because he fits what's with what's going on in the script. How about this line from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? <laughs> Fuck me, he cleared it. <laughs> Classic Will Scarlet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like Jack Nicholson in Robin Hood, Jack Nicholson in whatever other movies he's done. (laughs) Kind of a bit of Elvis in the mix. I've seen him in like four things, I guess. I've definitely seen... He was in so many movies in the early 90s. Was he in Broken Arrow? Yeah. Yeah. Stunk. Yo, yeah, John Woo. Yeah. Yeah, one of John Woo's American movies. If I look at his filmography, I bet I've seen him in like 12 movies. Like a lot of movies. Yeah, (laughs) he was in that... Maybe it was a career killer. I don't know. That Uwe Boll movie, uh, Afraid of the Dark or Alone in the Dark. Dog shit. (laughs) Yeah. well fell off after like 1996. (laughs) That was all she wrote. Flash in the pan. 
He might be due for a renaissance. You calling me a flash in the pan. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the blonde Heather, uh, Kim Walker, Heather uh, McNamara. I call her Heather one. Well, two is Lisanne Falk, the other blonde Heather, okay, and then and three d- is Shannon Doherty. The, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah, and th- there is a degree of uh, confusion meant to be built in. I use their <laughs> last names, but they're, they're a mouthful. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a statement on conformity and, and all that, like uh, all these identical Heathers, although they do all have their quirks. Barely. She does these lunchtime pulls of the students. She likes to avoid the weirdos and the nerds mm-hmm. and fuck them. Who cares what their they think? Their opinions don't count, yeah. <laughs> and she's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nowadays we have podcasts and we got to hear what all those yeah. nerds think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're trying to sell school papers here. I think that's what the polls for the school paper. We're just putting podcasts out to keep the studio from tumbling, crumbling in on itself. <laughs> Five million dollars in two days. You have two days before all these aliens come and destroy the Earth, and you get mm-hmm. five million dollars, which in 1989 was a lot of money. Nowadays it's like. I don't know. I'd pay off my debt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Student loans, goodbye. Go peacefully into the sunset. <laughs> Get a Colt 45. <laughs> they call buy a casket. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys eating pate, having caskets. <laughs> buy the Spoiled. good pate. <laughs> They're bugging her because she won't. Uh, quiz the weirdos and stuff. One guy, and then she, so she does. Yeah. And then she does get some actually interesting answers. One guy's like, he said he'd suicide bomb a lion. He's like, I go <laughs> yeah. to the zoo with like a suicide bomb on and like put it in a lion. And yeah. I like, <laughs> okay, I like that guy. It, it is a clever way of getting a, a little insight into all the different groups that are there. There's like the stoner group. It, they want to blow up the lion. There's yeah, that would have definitely been me. I'm yeah. Sure. I said I was a jock earlier. I was the stoner. <laughs> <laughs> is there one guy who's like I would invest it in stocks or something? Yeah, which I'm makes like, totally no miss the point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's the crypto bro these days. Yeah, yeah. What, what a stupid fucking poll topic. Anyway, and she does these every week. I, I mean, it's just even being her orbit. She, she says deserves everything that happens. <laughs> <laughs> she's talking to Veronica, and she's like, "You you want to be the most powerful click at school, don't you?" Or <laughs> something like that. This somehow plays into her plan to like everyone. You know, the Heather's are on the forefront front of everyone's mind when we're doing these polls or, or something it's all part of her plan she's she runs a school in the town with an iron fist like everybody just licks her boot heels but nobody seems to like her like everybody just kind of hates her pretty much right to her face they don't dare go against her yeah yeah what can you do so you're rich and powerful and they then they eventually come around and they want to go and ask jason dean that's christian <laughs> slater's character greetings that, and salutations mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh god and then I, they ask him what he'd do he says I'd row out to the middle of a lake somewhere, bring a bottle of tequila, my sacks, and some Bach. And they're like, how wow. very. <laughs> He's like bohemian. It's so interesting that he would do that. So very. Fucking douche. <laughs> they should have just yeah. killed him. That's, two, two, that's at least one thing too many. Probably two, two things too many. Yeah. And Veronica doesn't think he's a douche, though. She's like, that is... You can tell she's uh, been smitten by him at this point. He's not like the other boys. No, he's fascinating. He's cultured. Well, I don't blame him for shooting his shot. Yeah. Hell no. And and the way he talks... If he wasn't Christian Slater, if he if he looked like a dump truck Martha or a lard ass Hogan, he would be like a total like a 
a gentle sir fedora guy you know like <laughs> one of the lady like greetings and salutations would you like to come and see my samurai sword <laughs> katanas they call yeah. but he's christian slater so he's actually the girls are into him yeah. well veronica is at least he's got bedroom eyes <laughs> i think that's it i, I have the same so problem cool. with him that i have with bradley cooper i just don't like their faces <laughs> yeah i i have a few actors like that but, and it's like they're expected to like be good looking or charismatic and i just want them off the screen well, the yeah. second they're on the screen even if they're not bad actors if you're not charmed by somebody who's supposed to be charming just then that's kind of a big disadvantage yeah yeah totally, totally. but it, it did kind of it worked in this movie because i got a vibe from him right away it was like i don't think this guy is as cool as he seems and i have never seen this movie before so i didn't know where it was going but as it did keep going on i was like this guy's a, a real piece of shit he's just like constantly gaslighting veronica and everything yeah. like this and i'm like oh he's a real big asshole time. Uh, eventually i was like okay that's the point you're not supposed to like him because from these first scenes you would think oh this guy's cool I, I, like i'm supposed to think well, he's you're cool, supposed to be brought but... in and charmed by him and then as time goes on you realize like that whole veneer drops but even from the yeah. beginning like he's a he's an unhinged lunatic because these two jocks come over and like want to start a fight with him and he pulls a <laughs> gun on them and fires a couple blanks in each of their faces yeah. Yeah. we're about 10 minutes into the movie before we get the first f-word slur <laughs> yeah that's a <laughs> problem they go right up to him because they're jealous that he's He's, he's getting the Heather's attention and the, yeah. they find him interesting. Say, yeah. Doesn't this cafeteria have a no F-words rule? <laughs> he's like, I see they have an open door asshole policy. He just pulls out a fucking gun in the cafeteria and shoots it. Oh, yeah. that comeback was so lame. <laughs> but the gun proved his point. Yeah, the gun, the gun got the message. The yeah, across. you pull out a fucking Clint Eastwood gun. <laughs> a real hand cannon. You don't need to have a good comeback. Uh, those jocks, that's the kind of their thing. They'll they'll be dropping F slurs and gay bullying people all throughout the movie. And they kind of get their comeuppance later when they're found to be in a possible gay suicide pact. Yeah. So what happens here is, is Heather and uh, uh, JD kind of get to know each other. And throughout the course of the movie, JD persuades Heather to start murdering these people. And mm -hmm. they get murdered, like kind of all these bullies and these people who are like these wrongdoers. And the ways that they murder them are kind of like fly in the face of what everybody else's perceptions of them are. Like... So they kill the first, the first Heather, uh, Heather one, she's killed and it's a suicide and everybody thinks that she's the most confident person in the world. And, and then they find out that she actually didn't. The other two present themselves to be the most like alpha jock guys ever. And then they, when they die, they're killed and they're made to look like they're lovers, which just like flies in the face of everybody. Yeah, they look smart. Uh, Heather looks like she had depth. All, all that kind of stuff one of those things where uh, these fake suicides have turned these people that everybody hated when they were alive into saints in everyone's eyes and that's part of what's going on in this movie i get what it's trying to say but it's a bit of a gross message <laughs> if you ask me <laughs> yeah there's definitely that take this is a i think this is a pre-columbine movie maybe this oh, movie 100%. would oh. not be made in this day and age no, at all like whatever i was a little triggered by it it's it's I'm a triggered yeah. little snowflake. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, this is the uh, this movie is like a headlines. We've seen it all growing up. So, yeah, <laughs> there is that. It wasn't just but... headlines. I mean, I think most of us, everybody pretty much has friends that have lost to suicide and the way it makes light of it. Makes yeah. It's a big joke out of how everybody like thinks it's so funny. It's, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon, yeah. though, because that's like an actual thing in real life is that in a community, when some suicides start happening, there's a thing where 
it starts snowballing and like more people commit suicide. Like, it's like, hey, that guy's got the right idea. <laughs> yeah, this place really does suck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a commentary in this movie because <laughs> the first few suicides are staged and it's the popular kids who are suicided in act- what's actually a murder. And then that starts like rolling downhill and other kids mm-hmm. in the school start attempting suicide and stuff. So the Veronica and the Heathers are going to a college party. The Remington oh. University party. Yeah, so there's all these creepy college guys who, you know, it's really cool for high school girls to go to a college party or whatever, and all of them are like, what's your major <laughs> or whatever? <laughs> yeah, it's gross. Yeah. <laughs> the scene, there's like, yeah, a bunch of college guys skeezing on these high school girls. Yeah, this guy's <laughs> like, I know you're probably tired of hearing what's your major. Like, everybody <laughs> just asks what's your major is like an opening line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then a beat like, of silence. Later, he's like, "So, what? If you were to go to college, what, su- what subjects would you study?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that's a funny line. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, creeping on Veronica. He wants to get with her. Veronica's there with Boss Heather. She's yeah. she's got the other guy, and yeah, Heather wants with this guy. She just like straight goes and takes him and gives him a blowjob. And she and leaves him with this other guy who's like, and he's like, X and yeah, you girls bring your party in slippers or what? <laughs> They're all such skeezes. College guys uh, with high school girls. Yeah. yeah. And, and while the boss, Heather, is getting it on with the one guy. Yeah, college guys, save some for us. <laughs> yeah, what the heck? <laughs> some of us working class stiffs need to get in on the action, too. Heather One's doing her thing. She's not really too happy with it. And Veronica's like, she just wants to leave and she pukes all over the carpet and makes a scene. And yeah. Heather One's just beside herself. The guy she was with is like, this girl's a stuck up bitch. She doesn't want to give me any. Yeah. He, he just flat out says like, hey, look, uh, we don't got to talk. All I want to do is get laid. And <laughs> hey, what's, <laughs> what's, yeah, and Heather's not on her side. She's like, home. what's your damage? You're being a real coos. <laughs> yeah, a coos. Again, Daniel Waters, I think. <laughs> I don't know if teen girls say coos, but I, lo- I love it. That. <laughs> That's like 1950s detective noir slang or something. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, you old coos. Yeah, she fights with Heather, and she tells Heather to li- lick it up, baby. <laughs> or lick it, it up. <laughs> <laughs> and so Veronica, she's all pissed off about this. She's uh, furiously scribbling away like a toddler in her journal and how she's bowing revenge against Heather, and she's going to go down. And just now, JD does what everybody does in these uh, high school movies. He just pops in through the window like, hey, just came in from your window. He says another yeah. neckbeard thing where if it wasn't Christian Slater, he would be like, what the hell? He's like, dreadful etiquette i apologize as he crawls in through the window how about a game of croquet (laughs) (laughs) wow i uh Wow, I never played strip pro K before. <laughs> oh, yeah. They get it on. Yeah, like immediately it just cuts to them like being half naked and it post post coital. Post coital. <laughs> post coital bliss. <laughs> they're cool. in the afterglow. Yeah. They're, they're basking in it. I appreciate that. The movie does just gets right to them fucking. Hell yeah. She's not she's not, not getting with those college guys because she's a prude or whatever. She just doesn't want to get with some creepy college guy. She'd rather... Yeah. I don't want the protagonist to be some cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she re- reveals some of her backstory here. She's like, I, you know, I was a real genius and I was supposed to go into the special genius programs in school, but... Now Dr. I- Xavier's School for the Gifted Children, <laughs> yeah. perhaps you've heard of it. <laughs> now I just use my genius intellect to pick out lipstick shades and stuff. Yeah, so. She confides <laughs> in him that she doesn't <laughs> like her friends. They're bitches. I don't like them either. 
Now, Scribbler, you know your very special gift of writing hand anybody's handwriting is essential to the X-Men's <laughs> accounting department. <laughs> now forge these checks. <laughs> it is basically a mutant ability. <laughs> There's criminals who are doing time in the federal penitentiary right now who didn't have half her skill at forging someone's signature. So, yeah, what's that guy that Leonardo DiCaprio played? Oh, Frank Abagnale. Yeah. Frank Abagnale. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Leo would have liked her. Master Forge. She's age appropriate. They just right away decide to go to Heather One's house to fucking oh. poison her. Yeah, he- yeah. He- Heather One spread the rumor at school because uh, Veronica puked at the college party. She's like, I am so telling the whole school about this. You'll be ruined on Monday. Like Your reputation is done for. And so the whole school knows that Veronica puked or something and she wants to get revenge now. And when she was laying down with Christian Slater, she was like, oh, I hate her so much I could kill her. And Christian Slater was like, well, why don't you? Uh, I just <laughs> got a bit of a boner. <laughs> he intends to kill her. She she just wants to kind of give her mm-hmm. a tummy ache and make her throw up. Yeah, she thought they were doing pillow talk and having a little joke. He's like, hey, hey, hey. he keeps pushing it. He's like, well, I like drain cleaner in the drink for a poison. <laughs> she wants to like mix chicken stock and milk and vinegar like or orange something. Orange juice and milk and just make a gross drink. And he's like, well, why don't we put this rat poison in here with this drain cleaner? <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of ball bearings. This is crazy. <laughs> I had no idea what to expect of this movie. I didn't expect this. Yeah, no, it just kind of really comes out of nowhere. She's giving like an awkward chuckle, like, huh. like yeah, that is f- funny, but you know, he's not really joking. Yeah. She'll never he's drink there. it. She'll never drink that stuff. It's like, well, we'll just make it, uh, mix it up and make it look like it's orange <laughs> juice. Yeah, it's a special hangover cure. Yeah, so he's, she's in bed and they wake her up and she's hung over from the party, of she's course. in the craziest bed. <laughs> yeah. it's, like so, it's like a clamshell from that, like, Aphrodite thing where it's just like this massive <laughs> back bed behind it's her. Not a homie, you never seen a naked chick riding a clam. <laughs> it's a very rich person bed. Everything <laughs> about it, like this room has like three glass coffee tables and like yeah, a, the know. entire room is just like pink satin or whatever Every it is. Morning. Every morning, there's a halo <laughs> hanging from the corner of my girlfriend's four post bed. Mm, that song was written about this movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's a true the story. Boss Heather. Uh, so yeah, I whipped this up for your hangover. It's a family recipe. <laughs> But you're too chicken to drink it, I bet. (laughs) Put a phlegm globber in it or something. (laughs) And they were trying to put a phlegm globber in it, but they couldn't work up the... Well, that was what uh, they settled on. (laughs) That was really funny. uh, They they kept snorting up some phlegm, but I think they couldn't get enough to get get a proper phlegm globber. They both tried, though. Good chemistry between Winona Ryder and Christian Slater. Yeah. Yeah, that scene was funny. They're just like... (laughs) (laughs) I got nothing. (laughs) Sometimes you don't got the phlegm. No. You don't got the phlegm, you can't make the gobber. Like like you said, he calls her chicken. She <laughs> just slams it and just immediately drops dead through the glass coffee table. Yeah. yeah. Pretty awesome. Like, it looks really good <laughs> when she smashes through it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just a mess, and they don't know what they're going to do, so... <laughs> JD tells Veronica, like, grab her diary. You got to write a suicide note. She's pretty freaked out, and he's pretending he's pretty freaked out, too. Like, it wasn't all intentional. He's like, oh, man, I can't believe she actually died. Freaking out. Oh, this has never happened to me before. (laughs) (laughs) This guy has a body count of dozens. He's been in a ton of stuff. 
He's been in 111 movies. Holy Jesus shit. Christ, that works. <laughs> he must be doing like those secret Russian movies with Bruce Willis. Yeah, that's got to be where he's at now. He was like a bankable star in the 80s and 90s, and now he'll get cast in these micro-budget movies where all the money goes to him probably just to get his name on the poster. I would get him. If we ever make a movie, I'm... We better do a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, Steven Seagal, we don't want that guy. Jack ain't working. I'm done with the movies. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll be your little Jack. I'm the new Jack. <laughs> I was watching some interview with him yesterday. And he's talk, like the interview was like, yeah, you've worked with all sorts of great actors like Sean Connery. Yeah, Sean, Indiana Jones, James Bond was one of my favorites when I was a kid. But, you know working with him then wasn't exactly the James Bond that I had envisioned. I mean, he was bald. <laughs> Firing <laughs> shots at Sean Connery. <laughs> you got some fucking nerve yeah. there, Christian. And not even the right kind of shots. Was... <laughs> like, Sean Connery was grumpy and mean on set. Yeah, he was he, bald. He was a cheapskate. Yeah. He didn't <laughs> slap women hard enough. I told him, you gotta slap them harder. <laughs> he wasn't pulling the chicks like he used to at that time. The problem is, you're bending your wrist. You gotta Keep a straight arm. <laughs> Never meet but, your heroes. <laughs> Valuable lessons learned. So they okay, so they, uh, they kill Heather and they're right. They're faking the suicide note. She asks him if uh, if he's ever faked a suicide before, and he doesn't immediately respond no, which means he's done this at least twenty times. His whole story is that he goes from school to school because his dad's in the construction biz. So he's been to like seven schools in seven different states in the last what, seven years or something. Every his single one of them is, is the craziest part of this. <laughs> <movie. He's> like, <laughs> Every single one of my past schools has blown up under mysterious circumstances. <laughs> that weird. That doesn't make sense. So yeah, Winona's losing her mind. She's like, "What are we gonna tell the cops? <laughs> fuck her if we keep, fuck her if she can't take a joke, Sarge." <laughs> Which that yeah. line is real. I still use fuck them if they can't take a joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a blend. That's... <laughs> well, it's another D- Daniel Waters line that uh, probably a teen girl <laughs> wouldn't be saying. No. But <laughs> that's a middle aged white guy that says that. Line. Yeah. <laughs> but, but JD knows exactly what to say. He comes up with like the perfect suicide <laughs> note that's going to strike a chord with everybody in the whole town. Yeah. I have myriad problems is a big <laughs> yeah. word in it. And he, he kind of wrote, he's roping her into it too she's becoming a more active participant in writing this note because he's like saying the wrong things and she's like oh, no heather wouldn't talk that she way wouldn't say myriad she <laughs> got that wrong in her last week's quiz yeah. well that's why she wants to prove herself now by writing it again <laughs> the teachers when they're discussing this suicide they're impressed the first thing they say is i can't believe she used myriad in her suicide she note. got that wrong on my quiz like, the teacher's <laughs> lounge is pretty funny like all the teachers are just like they have their own different personalities the principal's just this hard ass like you probably was a sergeant in the military or in the vietnam war or something yeah it's like a, a council room like a like a the justice league's council table where they all sit the teachers <laughs> just gather there i guess and have a council every day and there's the bleeding heart liberal the english teacher the Hippie. drama teacher whatever she is big time hippie yeah no thanks she's super into the uh you know the suicide thing she's like it's a chance for all the kids to get really connect and have a conversation <laughs> meanwhile everybody else is trying to decide on whether they can take a full day off and they're like oh she's only a cheerleader huh no maybe uh maybe if she was an athlete we could close the school down for a day and like, yeah. everybody's just trying to exploit it for their yeah. own means this is a really black 
comedy. Yes. Like, then it cuts to the kids right from there, and they're having basically yeah. the same conversation. They're like, the, the, the Heathers aren't torn up about this at all. They're like, oh, we only get a day off school? I, I wanted to get a week off. <laughs> yeah, and Heather, yeah, Heather 3, I think, pulls Heather 1's swatch out of her locker. Yeah. Remember Swatch? <laughs> Good old Swatch. That was like a thing, right? Yeah. They're like, oh my God, that was like her iconic Swatch. You can have this now, Veronica. And Veronica right. like goes into the shower with all her clothes on. And I'm like, nice. Yeah. Uh, weird little moment. Not yeah. too bad. <laughs> Winona Ryder. She's not taking it so good uh, that, yeah. that she was a participant in this murder. Even though she had no real part in it, she was gaslit into it. And then gaslit into thinking she had participated, really. It's just but, crazy that nobody else is acting like no. she is. Like it cured the bookish Heather's bulimia. Yeah. There's a scene earlier where she goes to the toilet to throw up, but now that boss Heather is dead. She's like, you know, I don't need bulimia anymore. I'm gonna eat this chicken fried chicken. Yeah, it's a everyone's life is improved. It's a net positive gain for all the students. Yeah, it is good if people commit suicide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if boss Heather does. Yeah, and teachers. Is it the hippie teacher that's got the suicide note? The physical. Oh, yeah, this is a fucking up. suicide. I know. Yeah. We're going to pass this around class and everyone's going <laughs> to read it. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's like a sharing circle. All the kids, this is where you see them like they're, they're making a saint out of Heather now. They're like, this was a step too far for me. I just got to say, I, I like this movie <laughs> overall. Yeah, it's a bit much, but and like everybody's yeah. just exploiting it. Like there's the one guy's like, you know, we, we used to date for a while. and They're really nailing the point home. The point is that people are changing their attitude about Heather and the teachers are taking advantage of it and everything. But yeah, it's... It is like really in your face. They're nailing it there. That guy we used to date for a while. He's like, we used to go out and she thought I was boring. Now I realize she was just dissatisfied with her life. And, and Veronica, <laughs> funny, she, Veronica bursts out laughing at that. And the whole class like turns, turns to her. And then she has to like fake like she was crying. <laughs> While that's going this on. When we meet Jason Dean's dad, his this total psychopath. Mm. They're hanging out at, at JD's place and the dad comes in. They just off the bat have the most casual relationship. They're like, hey, son, how, like they're pretending mm -hmm. to be each other and be like, aren't you going to introduce me to your new girlfriend? Dad? Yeah, oh, they're both very disdainful of each other, too. They, I don't I don't think they get along very well. They have this ironic detachment to everything they say, like everything is wacky banter between them. I'd rather be in like that movie Precious or something where like my mom <laughs> is like beating me. <laughs> like, this, this like rich looking passive aggressive oh man it's hell whatever's going on here i yeah couldn't stand it for 10 seconds his dad owns a like bob's building company or something they're they're a big <laughs> construction company but they just destroy buildings seems to be their job <laughs> well maybe they just, built some but he really gets thing. off on yeah that's why he got into buildings. the business for yeah. sure <laughs> he's in love with blowing up buildings especially historical buildings that are very important he's like a bunch of hippies want to stop me from blowing up that tree in minnesota or this historical building in flush that turd they said <laughs> <laughs> he's always trying to blow shit up and then he's like oh want to stay for dinner and my mom's making spaghetti she bought oregano <laughs> and, and christian slater's like oh nice last time i saw my mom she was waving from a library window in texas yeah <laughs> so she killed jfk is what he's That's getting kind at of what it sounds like to me. <laughs> my family has a history of black <laughs> ops <laughs> i mean it's funny but is this movie overwritten yeah you decide i don't know <laughs> probably but is that to its detriment 
I think it's mostly to its benefit. I, I think, it, yeah, it's going for a thing here, and I didn't necessarily glom on to that for the first little while, so I was like, what What exactly is this thing going for? But it kind of, it becomes clear as things go along that, you know, it's a very heightened reality. It's not how kids talk. Black comedy is just a really hard line to toe. Yeah. Even the movies that do it great, I find, like this one. For the most part, yeah. like mm-hmm. it, it could really fall on its face really easily. Just as tragedy's only funny if it's uh, been a while, maybe at best, you know, yeah. the best case scenario. And yeah, I forget what that formula was. Is like tragedy plus comedy ten years or tra- tragedy plus time equals comedy. Time. Yeah, or plus time to yeah. the cubed root of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not mathematicians, but <laughs> podcast partner is a wicked smart. <laughs> Walk around with pocket protectors. <laughs> We're in the nerd click. So then the you know then it's Heather one's funeral and the priest is giving like <laughs> yeah. a, he's, he's he's the cool oh. priest he's like and Jesus you know that righteous dude in the sky Jesus Christ he's looking <laughs> out for you. he's just like he's one of those hip pastors he probably yeah. skateboards or he would in a couple years when it becomes cooler it's that pastor you know who that is right yeah I've Glenn seen him fucking shading yeah fucking he's like great Otho man. from Beetlejuice and stuff right he he worked yeah. with Tim Burton a bunch yeah, of times yeah yeah he was the mayor in Nightmare Before Christmas he's in tons of stuff just yeah. a great character actor he's so funny in this great in everything i love him so much oh demolition and a, man. another guy he had a tragic end he like slipped and fell and oh like, no died tragically young but like one of my favorite man. character actors was it a banana peel did he go out <laughs> <laughs> did he at least make some laughs on the he way out f- make him laugh <laughs> make him laugh the curse of heather strikes again oh no some kind yeah. of karmic punishment for making a such a devious black comedy these movies are fucking cursed dude. i'm making <laughs> i'm making my rounds on people who made my life a living hell on set <laughs> gonna make it look like an accident but then shadix didn't like it when i called him an f word <laughs> <laughs> yeah put him in a half nelson <laughs> yeah we get the, a funny sequence where we get everyone's internal monologue as they're leaning over heather one's casket <laughs> yeah the jocks you know it's Why'd you have to kill such hot snatch? And, and uh, <laughs> some of the guys like, pray for us all as sinners so we don't get caught. <laughs> Shannon Doherty is like, I know I prayed for this God and I'm happy it happened, but don't hold that against me, please. And But thank you for <laughs> killing the boss, Heather. In my notes here, uh, this must come up right after this. I have Pud Whopper. What's up? <laughs> That's when uh, Heather. Yeah. Okay. So Heather 2. The other blonde is washing her face in the holy holy water, and then outside of the funeral, the jocks go up to the nerds, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Hey, that pud whopper just stepped on my foot!" Right, <laughs> and the nerds like sit and spin, and gives them the, the big old mistake. Finger. Yeah, because the jocks were kind of scared off of the nerds before, or you know, they think that the jocks are you know now lower on the on the ranking because uh because they were embarrassed in the in, in yeah. the cafeteria. They've lost their social status. They right. need to make make up for it now. Yeah, but, you can't let any fucking D and D playing podcast making nerds uh-uh. like take uh-uh. swag away. <laughs> Fuck no. Our yeah. dozens of followers will dox you. <laughs> yeah. Spin on it. Yeah, Spin he tackles that guy down and he makes yeah. him say, "Say yeah. I like to suck big dicks." Yeah. And He's like, okay. you like to suck big dicks. <laughs> big mistake number two. But yeah, but that's that's Burn! the best comeback. Yeah. <laughs> that's the comeback. <laughs> Total respect on that kid. Yeah. Uh, James Dean drives by on his motorcycle. Oh, you mean 
Jason. Oh, Dean. Jason Dean. Sorry, yeah, he's not named after anyone. <laughs> yeah, the only name uh, cooler than James Dean is Jason. <laughs> <Dean>. <laughs> yeah, abbreviated as JD. Always standing in the shadow of my brother. He doesn't interfere in this bullying episode, though. He just kind of drives by and he like he's looking and he the, eyes him up. He, yeah, he's like, oh, he's like the bullies just, clock him. They're like, you just made the top of my list. <laughs> yeah, you do what you. They do what they. Uh, Heather too does what you do outside of any funeral, and that's arrange a double date with the jocks who just you know kick the <laughs> shit out of some guy in the middle, uh, right yeah. outside of a church. The jocks plan work. They've regained their social status through, yeah. <laughs> through this beating. Veronica doesn't want to go. She relents because she she wants to be a good friend. <laughs> yeah, she says this better not be one of those dates where we just get drunk, get like blackout drunk, and then go to a cow pasture. And then it cuts immediately to them in a cow pasture. <laughs> <laughs> like the the dudes are totally drunk. They're trying to tip a cow over. <laughs> You guys ever tip cow? Never no. tipped a cow, you? <laughs> no. <laughs> it seems like something I would have done. No. <laughs> yeah. Talked about it a lot, but just didn't. It seems like a, an activity that's been passed down through the ages. It's right up there with mailbox baseball, which I will not. I think it's a, I don't think the statute of limitations is up yet, so I'm not going to incriminate <laughs> that myself never happened. on that. But <laughs> Tapering with a mailbox is a feder- against the federal law, son. <laughs> they should have made a better mailbox. Stronger. You can Combine that with squashing pennies on a train tracks, you got yourself a life sentence, boy. <laughs> Guantanamo Bay. Uh, one more, you're out. Three strikes. Send all the podcasters there. <laughs> Think of the pods. Uh, we can cast. <laughs> Man, guests every day. They're tipping cows, and Kurt tips a cow. Kurt's one of the jocks' names. And yeah, squirts Kurt a bunch and of ram. Kurt and ram. That's right. <laughs> they knock a cow over and it sprays a bunch of mud up in Veronica's face and she leaves. And she's mm. like, sorry, I'm just feeling a little bit superior tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Is your Winona Ryder sound like Dustin Hoffman? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Silence of the Lambs serial killer. Or <laughs> one and the same. You think it'd be easier for us to do a Minnesota accent? It's so yeah. similar to the Canadian. Sorry, yeah. I'm... <laughs> I'm just not feeling it tonight. No, that's Lord Michaels. <laughs> just feeling a little bit superior tonight. <laughs> when I close my eyes, it's like... Does it sound like Winona Ryder's standing right here? It's like she's in the room. Fooled you because she's actually sitting. You just got to do the Jesse Ventura voice. It's the same voice. <laughs> it's the Minnesota accent. Maybe Jesse Ventura's a bit louder, yeah. but Winona Ryder's the same voice. Yeah, just a little softer. <laughs> Think Fargo and just go for it. Veronica leaves. Uh, JD's just coming up, and she he takes her home. Cut to the school paper. There's they're writing some slam story against Veronica, and people are saying pe- word around school is that Kurt and Ram had a sword fight in Veronica's <laughs> mouth. Yeah, she turned the guy, the bully, down, but the bully's <laughs> spreading the rumor now that no, we actually uh, in- had a group oral sex session. This movie like it oscillates between like stuff that's believable high school rumor shit, mm-hmm. and then absolutely wild shit. Oh, well, there's a point in this movie where it goes like full Italian giallo almost, and it's like entirely <laughs> yeah. heightened reality. Where there's like a couple weird dream sequences, and all of a sudden you're getting like weird Argento colored lighting, yeah. like blue lighting and stuff. And it's like, okay, ma- this movie has that was where I really glommed on that. Okay, they they weren't going for a <laughs> realistic yeah, type thing. Not going thing. for realism. Yeah, but tonally but- it's difficult to stay on board with i can see why it's a cult classic Mm. yeah it was a commercial flop i think when it came out okay interesting i feel like 
most audiences would walk out of this movie. Yeah. Well, and when it goes to that weird dream sequence later on, it doesn't seem it seems more outlandish than everything else before, but not that much. Like, yeah, it's like it seems a little weird, but it's I'll plausible. go with it. Yeah, it's nuts. They hatch this plan to humiliate Kurt and Ram, the jocks, and they write a similarly sensitive suicide note. Yeah, the, the jocks, the whole movie, they've been bullying people. And, you know, they made that nerd earlier say, hey, say you want to suck dick or something. And then they're using the F slur earlier. So nothing <laughs> more embarrassing than being gay. Veronica and JD put together this bag to implicate that they were gay after the after the suicide. <laughs> Mineral water. Mineral water. Is the, uh, that's the real smoking gun. By the way, yeah. I'm sipping some Perrier right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh and I had no idea. <laughs> this is my coming out. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she's like, well, mineral water. And it's a small town. Yeah. That's where, where are they? Iowa? This is Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, Ohio. <laughs> if you don't have a brewski in your hand, you might as well be wearing a dress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. While they're packing this bag, JD's got it. He's packing heat. And mm. Heather's like, well, I don't want to shoot anybody. Gives him the bullets and he calls. And before he does them, he's like, do you speak German? And she's like, no. He's like, well, these are Ichluga bullets. They're from the <laughs> they're from World War II. My dad got them. All they do is they explode on impact and they don't even, they just leave a mark. And Ichluga in German is, I'm lying or I'm lying. So <laughs> he told oh, her everything shit. she needed to know. She, yeah. she just willfully walked into the scenario. Well, your days That's... in the Hitler youth really paid <laughs> off today. <laughs> I still have my... <laughs> That, that's I a still cool have my detail. standard issue Ichluga bullets. <laughs> <laughs> it's for when they wanted the Germans to go to sleep instead of killing them. You know, that happened all the time in World War II. Just yeah. fall asleep. <laughs> she's not as gullible as she's playing here. I no. think she knows. So she meets them in the woods and convinces them to strip. And she's like, oh, you guys want to score with me, hey? You Do you actually want to have a sword fight in my mouth? <laughs> like you the rumor you've been spreading around the school? Yeah, and the guy's just so down for it. So they meet up and she's like, I need you to stand in that circle over there. And I, <laughs> I need you to go stand in that circle over there. And now we're all going to take our clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> Very carefully staged, this uh, fake suicide they're setting up has to go just right they start doing it and then jd comes out of nowhere and shoots the guy shoots one of them in the chest i forget which one and uh heather misses her shot so then the other guy he, he has to give he gives chase yeah so jd's running him down and he's gaining on him and just tr he's leading him w this way and that and then you find out that he's led him all the way back to the, <laughs> back to the suicide back to circle. suicide circle that was and, a convenient chase yeah and so <laughs> buddy runs right into the hula hoop or whatever and and veronica pops him in the chest and then that's when we cut to a couple of stoner cops who are just hanging oh. out in the car and this smoking one guy's like some wow. confiscated weed both of these movies have cops smoking weed in their patrol cars that's so true. that's this, the connective tissue could be a high <laughs> oh. I, I was like maybe that's the connection <laughs> a high movie and a low movie where cops smoke pot in their car there's a funny line where, uh, you know, when the second one goes off, it's like, I heard it that time. Like, they, <laughs> like they're the first shot, but they're not going to check it out. <laughs> yeah, they, they throw the cops off their trail by running back to their car and quickly, like, kind of stripping half naked and making out. And then the cops are like, yeah, <laughs> it was just a rabbit, that gunshot. Yeah. And then, then they find him and the one cop's like, suicide, but why? And then the other one lifts the bottle of mineral water out and, <laughs> and says, does this answer your question? Yeah, <laughs> right away he said the F. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah that's. <laughs> Oh, mineral water. There. <laughs> <laughs> 
The quarterback <laughs> buggering the linebacker. What a waste. <laughs> yeah, whatever that means. They yeah. said it, not me. It, yeah, it cuts back to a funeral. There's an Otho from Beetlejuice. He's he's giving the, you know, he's the cool priest. He's giving the, the new sermon. And the jock's dad is crying over his body. And he's like, I love my gay son. I, I didn't know he was gay, but <laughs> I love my dead gay son. That's sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Veronica's feeling bad about it. And JD's like, Kurt and Ram had nothing to offer the school but date rapes and AIDS jokes. This, and this whole funeral, like, the two guys, they're dressed up in their football gear. Like, they got their helmets on. They're holding footballs. It's a pretty, like... <laughs> yeah, they they have a joint funeral where <laughs> yeah. they're in their football gear. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even pick up on how weird that was. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the other big thing is, like, the actors in this movie are selling it. Like, in a B movie, mm-hmm. they, they wouldn't be people like Glenn Shadix, like, great actors. Like, yeah. The actors yeah. in this movie played completely straight, and it makes it funny. Yeah. Unlike a certain other North movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, the principal's like, I've seen a lot of bullshit. Angel dust, switchblades, sexually perverse photography sessions involving tennis rackets. Yeah, he's just so like, intense about it. Yeah. <laughs> They're selling it. But, like, Miss Flem? I don't know, what's it, Fleming or something? Yeah, I didn't catch that. The teacher. kids call her Miss Flem. Yeah, she's the, <laughs> she's the bleeding heart. Yeah, she's like trying to get everyone to lock hands with unity. And she's yeah. like, oh, this is so great. Everybody's killing themselves. Sharing circles and all this. And the, yeah, it's it's all very phony. They're in the cafeteria holding hands. And the one guy's like, make sure you get me a copy of this for my Princeton admission tape or whatever. <laughs> it's it's all very insincere. You know, everyone's using this to enhance their own status. Yeah, while this is going on, they like keep showing footage of um Heather 3. Shannon Doherty keeps, she's on the news talking about how she, this person was so important to her and that person was so important to her. And she's going from like camera crew to camera crew and everybody's really taking ex- advantage. Yeah. They're watching this footage of uh, they're watching this footage at JD's place and they're having a talk. Veronica's like, everybody, it's chaotic. It's chaos. This is crazy. And JD's like, chaos is what scared the dinosaurs or killed the dinosaurs. <laughs> and he, J- JD's into this new way of life. Veronica's not really into it. And then JD's dad just breezes in here and he's all stoked because he's got his latest demolition tape. He comes in with his tape and he's we all beat excited. The bitches. Judge told him to slurp shit and die. <laughs> JD just put a something something in the basement and that triggered all the other ones around. <laughs> yeah, Kaboom. it's like one of those fancy historic buildings that he hates, that he loves seeing blow up so much. <laughs> yeah, Christian Slater's got like kind of a, yeah, that's cool, dad, thing going sure, on. Dad. It turns out, I don't know if he reveals it a little later, but his mom, he, he suspects, committed suicide. Yeah, this is where we learn that. <laughs> yeah. Like, she walked into a building that she knew was going to explode. Yeah, her, her husband's true love, exploding buildings, and she used that as her suicide method. Walked into it two minutes before my dad blew it up. <laughs> she waved at me, and boom. <laughs> could be a lie who knows he's been gaslighting veronica a lot maybe he made the whole thing up. It's, it's funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a good way good way to go and and so, veronica decides this is as good a time as any to break up with him she doesn't want to go along with any yeah. more of his murders or anything like he's that he's like our way is a real winner babe we got to keep doing it this way and she's like that's not our way that's your way you like <laughs> i didn't intend to kill anyone you tricked me both times yeah i've had girls break up with me for a lot less <laughs> Say that. But you didn't have the sultry glare of a Christian Slater. No, but, no. And he, he, yeah, he's not having it. He blows up. He blows his top. and so Shades of his true self peeking through. Yeah. yeah. 
So right away, he's going over to Heather 3, that's Shannon Doherty, threatening to blackmail her with pictures. Apparently, being... she used to be friends. Yeah, with, with dump a... truck Heather, whatever. Dump truck Martha. Was it dump truck? Yeah. Okay, I missed yeah. that mm-hmm. detail. But yeah, it looked like they were being uncool. They were canoeing. Oh my God, canoeing. Can you imagine how uncool? <laughs> the cool kid's croquet. Yeah. yeah, you don't go canoeing. Uh, this could ruin <laughs> ruin Heather's reputation. This if this photograph got out. <laughs> I love the arbitrary lines of what's cool and what yeah. isn't. <laughs> it was a different time back then. Yeah. And so uh, JD gives her the coveted red scarf. Basically encourages her to be the new bad mean Heather one and uh, yeah she can be the new boss Heather she has to like throw away those bookish notions no more reading Herman Melville but she has to take up the mantle of boss Heather she was green before everything she wore was green the green croquet ball and her dresses were green now she gets to wear the red just like the Power Ranger (laughs) yeah exactly leader wears red (laughs) yeah until the white Power Ranger came in that he was kind of the leader I didn't go that far (laughs) I know everybody liked the Green Ranger the best they're the same same one, same guy. Oh yeah, oh that's right. Yeah, he was the Green Ranger right. first, so and then cool. he was the White Ranger in the movie, or maybe he was in the uh, show before. Uh, yeah, I think he turned a little bit before the movie into the White Ranger. So Veronica calls up her old dirty friend Betty. Betty has no self-esteem. Poor Betty. She's like, I know I'm boring and I'm ugly. Betty could be pretty. She just gotta she, take she, those glasses off. Yeah. And maybe take that ponytail out too. Yeah, totally. Uh, you guys are like a couple of heathers over here. <laughs> maybe throw she, a little water on that dry T-shirt. <laughs> Smile sometimes, <laughs> honey. That's what I'd tell her. <laughs> but yeah, she's like movie ugly nerd, where she, she's yeah. actually a cute girl. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and they're having this loaded conversation the whole time, where you know Veronica's ball lands up against Betty's, and she's like, "You have to take me out. You have to. Mm-hmm. You just have to take me out." Yeah, Everything you... feels like it's dripping with subtext, but I don't entirely get what it, it, any of that was. But yeah. that was the tone of the conversation. Kind of like you won't get anywhere in life being merciful. You have to take that croquet shot, not knowing the rules of croquet. Some of the croquet metaphor might have been lost on me. I was like, oh. Is that like a game-winning shot or something that she's not taking? Well, like <laughs> I, I read the rules of croquet in for, preparation. In preparation. <laughs> <laughs> now that's research. <laughs> well, so apparently, when you hit another person's ball, you get two shots, and one of them is where you hit the other the ball that you hit. You don't need to hit it in any particular direction, but usually you want to hit it out. So. Basically, okay. she's just telling her to keep playing the game according to the rules. She's a square. Seems like a boring game. I still think it's fun. Fun is just to whack uh, balls around. More of a botchy guy myself. Oh, Big botchy's time botchy fun. guy. So we're getting scenes of Martha Dump Truck. Yeah, she's just very sadly <laughs> eating a gigantic... She's drinking a gigantic soda by herself. Yeah, in the she spills gym. it on her shirt. And it's just like <laughs> had enough. Yeah, poor Dar- Martha. And she walks out right in front of a gosh darn bus. Yeah, she's got her suicide note taped to her chest. You can kind of see it as she's walking towards the cavern yeah just walks right into traffic she's not one of the cool kids so this revelation doesn't meet the same results as the cool heathers committing suicide or no. anything they people kind of laugh about and it she didn't die yeah that's, she's uh, like, that's like the joke she couldn't even do it right <laughs> meanwhile miss phlegm is like talking oh we're uh cleansing syn- cleansing synchronicity of these deaths and yeah. this is just like this great outpouring of emotion like <laughs> she's like a pig and shit she's in her element with all these suicides going on she's like <laughs> encouraging it it's the only way for the those kids to get in touch with their emotions it, it's getting more and more ridiculous too as jd you know initially it came into play that veronica is such a master hand signer that she can forge suicide notes and stuff like that but eventually they just 
start to realize that, oh, nobody actually cares about those details. Everybody is so ready to just jump on and take advantage of the situation and use it for their own means. And the t- Yeah, the teachers are all, especially that hippie one, she's getting what she wants out of it. Uh, Heather, too. She's not feeling so great about this like everybody else is. She's calling into some douchebag radio show, self-help Big show. Probs, the radio show Man. hosted by the dog catcher. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds pretty cool, not gonna oh, oh, lie. Okay. <laughs> I'd listen to his show. Yeah, I'd listen to this guy. He'll be today. on the pod next week. Yeah. <laughs> She's pouring out her problems. They're actually yeah. pretty bad. I never thought about them until she mentioned them, but one of the jocks was the last person she slept with. She was the one on the date with Veronica out at the cow pasture earlier, so she actually slept with one of the jocks, and she's like, the last guy I slept with killed himself, and this happened, and my best friend killed herself. And Yeah, <laughs> it's and like, who oh, she have to talk to yeah, about The it. dog catcher. Yeah. Everybody else is so up their own ass. Yeah. Mean Heather and Veronica are in the room listening to this. And Mean Heather, the new Mean Heather, former bookish Heather, she's going to spread this as a rumor at school the next day and ruin other Heather's reputation. Not an ounce of sympathy. Yeah, they're being bitches. Heather, too, leaves class and she just like goes into the bathroom and stuffs a bunch of pills in her <laughs> mouth. like a hundred pills. Just a huge mouth. <laughs> it's a pretty funny image when she turns around and she's just like a <laughs> So <chip> many <laughs> pills. Yeah. They're just pouring out of her mouth. Veronica's like, is no one checking on her? Like, what the fuck? And Because Every, everybody goes, knows that it was her who phoned into the show. Like, everybody in the whole town knows that she's depressed now. Yeah, yeah. and they're all just like glad that she's clearly going to commit, <laughs> commit suicide. Another Heather down. Yeah, she actually seemed like the one of the cooler Heathers. I think she was my favorite of the Heathers. Yeah, she's yeah. so cool. I wish she'd like <laughs> sit on it and spin around like a pinwheel. Sit on it Easy spin. Ram. <laughs> or is that you, Kurt? Sorry, I can't help it. I'm just such a cool jock. <laughs> so yeah, Veronica stops her and then that talks her down and then they leave school and they go to buy shoes oh that's nice nice to see something nice in this movie that's just so overwhelmingly bleak that'll solve it all cut to later that day you know later that night they're at veronica's house veronica comes in and she finds out that jd's been by he came and told her parents that he's very worried about her she was talking about suicide and then she goes up to her room or or jd leaves her a note or something she gets a note from him and she realizes that he can forge her handwriting yeah so now she's starting to feel very uh threatened by this guy yeah he's he's basically uh, implicitly saying he's gonna kill her yeah she finds the hanged barbie doll in her room with the noose around its neck yeah it's pretty clear Uh, she's next on the list she pulls she gets one over on him she ties a bed sheet around her neck and her waist but we don't see this she pretends to kill herself and jd comes in and starts monologuing it's like (laughs) oh we could have been something we're gonna burn the school down we're gonna roast marshmallows on the cinders in in classic villain fashion he gives away the whole plan his his master plan now he's been getting a the new mean heather to circulate this petition around the school and get everyone's signature on it and he's going to now attach a letter to it a mass suicide note that the whole school has signed through this petition where it's like we as a school wanted to kill ourselves and blow ourselves up in the auditorium or whatever he reveals all this in a monologue to a dead what he thinks is a dead hanging body lucky for us the audience she's fine like her mom comes up she's making spaghetti she comes into her room and got the oregano again (laughs) (laughs) that's the good shit it was on sale at ralph's she like 
tries to stop JD from going to kill Heather Duke. She well, she was just curled up on the bed after finding the hanging doll and realizing that JD was going to kill her. And so, f- yeah, first it goes into the dream sequence where JD comes in through the bedroom window and comes go. They go to her house and he grabs a knife. This is where the movie goes full giallo and it's yeah. turning into a slasher movie, basically. Yeah, it's very giallo. Like he has like the the kitchen knife and it's all shiny, and we like yeah. see her looking at her own reflection in the in the knife. Yeah, very spooky. <laughs> Special guest director uh, Dario Argento yeah. <laughs> just popped in for a scene. They go through uh, like a whole fake funeral scene in this dream sequence. Everybody's wearing these cool hip glasses. They look like they like the old school 3D glasses, but they're just like regular sunglasses with the big white frames. And... Yeah, with the paper glasses with the blue and the and the red. Uh, JD's whole plan is he's got Mean Heather's version of Moby Dick, and he's been like meaningfully going through the book and underlining words as part of his suicide note that he's gonna plant for her and he just like under underlined eskimo and he's like i'll just underline the word eskimo everyone's gonna impart such deep meaning into this that this goes on and then uh at the funeral heather heather one shows up and veronica's there and and she's like oh there's like the turnout's gone way down there was way more people at my funeral and then yeah. veronica wakes up and it was a dream and she decides that she's gonna fake jd out by hanging herself and yeah that's where it gives the whole game away and He's a he's got access to all kinds of dynamite, as we've seen earlier, because his dad is a, a man obs- who happens to be obsessed with blowing up buildings. So yeah, he knows that's... he knows just how to do it. <laughs> that's lucky when you're when you go full Columbine and you're going to blow up your school. Veronica has to stop him. Yeah. And again, kind of a giallo thing, having a female protagonist hero is a Jennifer Connelly and phenomena, something like that. Kind of that that kind of trope. Yeah. And so they're doing like an assembly in the gym. Yeah. Or is it a pep rally? I think it's a big pep rally. Did your it's school... a pep rally, but like still the the fucking teacher is like whether to kill yourself or not is one of the most important <laughs> decisions a teenager can make. Again, like, stealing like a self like a how to do it pamphlet or something. Like, almost. I get, like, I get that it's a joke and like it's kind of funny, but like what are these barbs like aimed at? Teenagers <laughs> are just so gullible; they'll follow any trend, man. Yeah, I, I could see with I guess some of the teachers being real stupid. Maybe it's like society as a whole it's the natural extension they, they even say it earlier on where it's like if a if heather one walked off a bridge would you do it and the other heather's like probably like, <laughs> yeah. it's just the natural extension of you know yes the satire just seems kind of aimless and to when, me when jd's uh going over his plan with veronica to blow up the school he's kind of like once i blow up the school the entire world will realize that society didn't make the school blow up the school blew up because it's society she's so cool jd like the fucking joker movie it's really really chaos it's all about chaos and anarchy did your schools do pep rallies? Oh, no, fuck no. No. That's an American thing. That's such a weird thing. That's got it. So mm. rah, rah, sis, I boom, can't rah. imagine. Or maybe they did, but I surely Just smoking pot. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the baseball diamond. Yeah. I was definitely smoking weed and skipping school. I don't know. <laughs> I don't recall any pep rallies. I... No, we didn't believe in pep in our school. <laughs> no. We had a football team and a basketball team, and I'm sure some people were very proud of their athletic accomplishments. I never mm-hmm. saw any of it. it yeah. It's just no. not as big a thing here as it is in the states in some places <laughs> no nobody high cares school about... athletics yeah <laughs> w-e-s-t-e-r-b-u-r-g <laughs> is that their pep rally chant yeah <laughs> god that makes me feel peppy just waiting for christian slater to 
put them all out of their misery. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Veronica is going around the pep rally and she's looking uh, for JD and asks the nerd Rodney, "What's underneath the gym?" <laughs> It's He's a Freddy like, Krueger style boiler room. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Just right under the, the gym. It's like the scene in uh, Game of Thrones where they plant all the fucking explosions. Yeah, get every get rid of everyone in one fell swoop. You've got the boiler room there to take care of business. I don't know. Would a boiler room help an explosion be bigger? I well, feel like it must. I think but, the thing is he wants to set it off in the basement and that's going to trigger all the other charges that he laid ever planet everywhere else uh-huh. it's the same Genius. technique his dad used to blow up that building it's his trademark it's his calling card same technique they he used knows. to kill jack frost and <laughs> had to lure him into the boiling room didn't work then yeah. and it doesn't work here <laughs> oh i see your school's pretty rich you got a what a, what is that a four van four dracula boiler <laughs> <laughs> fit a lot of draculas in that boiler she uh Gets down to the boiler room and she's got a big fucking hand cannon and she gets the drop on JD as he's planting the TNT. You got to stop what you're doing. He's like, ah, ah, you didn't say Simon says. (laughs) (laughs) And he just like knocks her out. Yeah, she gets way too close. I'm a total villain now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, the mask has dropped. He's a psycho slasher villain now at this point. Yeah, they have a bit of a scuffle and he does knock her out. And then he's he's setting the timers for like two minutes. It's not nearly enough time. Mm -hmm. Is he planning to kill himself here? I don't don't think so. I I wasn't clear if he had that vest on the entire time or if he puts that on after his main plan fails, but his main plan to blow Maybe up the he school. he just always has one on. Just in case. Like I I do. <laughs> yeah. Just in case. You never know. You get cornered. <laughs> it's the best way to get to the front of a line at the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 just kind of lift your coat up a little bit. These aren't hot dogs strapped to my chest. Ring it through. Well, if I ever find myself at a pep rally by accident, I'll be covered. You just never know. know. One way out of here. There's only one solution for this type of rabid fandom. We're all going to hell tonight. Life takes us in strange directions. L L tonight. And so Veronica's not down for the count. She gets up. She grabs a uh, fire extinguisher and she's going to go. She JD's like, what are you going to do? Like, you're not going to shoot me or anything. And then she blows his middle finger right off. And yeah, he, he has some monologuing before she shoots him again. They're playing a little game of like hide and seek in the boiler room. He kind of disappears amongst the pipes. And she's she's got like it's like an X-Files episode. She's walking through it with the gun in the boiler room trying to find him. And, I mean, shot pretty good. Shot, yeah. Like, and yeah, this is where they got some giallo lighting, too. Like when he's working on the bomb, there's just for some reason he's all bathed in blue light. Like, I don't know where it's coming from, but it looks pretty cool. Oh, blue light. <laughs> that must be like a six Dracula boiler. <laughs> Kills bacteria, blue light. That's Ooh. an add on extra. Well, this is the school so, that Heathers went to. Yeah, she stops the bomb plot and then gets out of the school. Yeah. She yeah. shoots him. She finally does shoot him. I think he was under some delusion that, like, She's in love with him, so he's not going to be able to pull the trigger on him. But... This has worked in my last seven schools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but rookie mistake, she only shoots him once. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, she should have executed him. Of course, he's going to do the Jason Voorhees and come back one last time. Mm-hmm. But he's not really coming back to try and stop her. Classic slasher trope. He pops yeah. up again one last time like the villain in a slasher. She's just like sitting outside the school, like relieved that she stopped him. And he's like, you got the power, B. The slave. <laughs> is clean <laughs> and he's got a bomb strapped to his chest mm-hmm. and he arms it and gives it like 30 seconds and he's like pretend i blew up all the schools yeah what would you do and she pulls out a smoke lights it up kind of shrugs 
She doesn't light it. She waits for him to explode. Yeah. <laughs> she just Pretty stands there badass. staring at him. And you don't see him explode. It cuts to inside the gymnasium, and everybody's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and then you just see her looking outside, and her smoke is lit, and she looks like Daffy Duck when he'd like yeah. get shot or something. She's all like covered in soot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she goes back into the school. She's the new boss now. She like goes up to the boss, Heather, and takes the red hair tie that indicates leadership, puts it on herself. And she's like, there's a new sheriff in town. And then and then she goes new off. Sheriff in town. <laughs> <laughs> That's something teenage girls always say. <laughs> there, there's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> Maybe in Minnesota, that's a big saying. Isn't the sheriff the coolest kid in school in Minnesota? <laughs> sheriff Marge. So then she shuffles over the hallway. She sees Martha dump truck. She's in some sort of like wheelchair scooter type thing. And Shay, that's a really nice, really nice shirt you got there. <laughs> Maybe do you want to do you want to go to the dance with me? If you're not taking anybody to the prom, do you want to go to the dance with me? Okay, we're not. I'm not going to the prom either. Why don't we eat popcorn at home? And then Martha's like, "That sounds real nice." And she's so real happy. nice. It's a nice <laughs> ending where you know. Yeah, the credits roll over them just in the distance. I feel, I feel like good chatting. for Martha Dumptruck. Veronica took pity on her, and <laughs> you know what? Maybe it worked out for Veronica too. Well, she always felt bad for like she didn't want yeah. to bully her, and she preferred her old friends for before she became a Heather. Well, if Martha makes it to the 2020s mm-hmm. being a dump truck and having a dump truck ass is considered a yeah. good thing now <laughs> she's gonna Times be in all changed. sorts of music videos yeah man <laughs> have her pick of the litter they'll be all over <laughs> that was heathers uh, i think we're gonna take a short little break and then we'll be right back to discuss 1978's laser blast unless there was <laughs> all right Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome back. We're here to talk about 1978's Laser Blast. We're covering Michael Ray's entire filmography today on High and Low as we discuss the only movie that he ever directed. It shows that he had another one on Letterboxd. It's called like Sci-Fi Battle or something like that. It's it's weird. It's one of those movies that nobody in the world has seen. It's got three ratings on Letterboxd and it's got no reviews. It might as well have not exist. You wonder if maybe... It was like a figment of someone's imagination and they put it up on there. You're contradicting IMDb trivia right now. This uh, is hot. <laughs> this is a breaking news story. Whoa, what does IMDb yeah. have to say about it? That this is the only movie he ever did. Maybe it was the only feature length. I don't know. But Well, like, yeah, I, 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 mean, I saw that on Letterboxd and just how obscure it is. And I was wondering, it must be like maybe it's something that aired on TV one time and some guy has it recorded it's or something. Some and college film or something he made with his buddies. It, well, now we need to it, find it. It, it has and cover it. A, a list Absolutely. of a few different directors. If we can find it. Oh, I added it to my watch list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you psychopath! <laughs> oh, it's 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 called it's called Sci-Fi Slaughter. It's from 2005. Oh, the title says it all. I'm in. It's got a really cool poster. It's like a weird, like multicolored thing, but it's got multiple directors. Uh, <laughs> that poster looks like dog. <laughs> 
it looks very colorful. It doesn't look. It doesn't give you confidence that it's a good movie. Looking at this poster <laughs> at no, all. Absolutely, I'd watch so, that. I, I think it's safe to say that today we're covering Michael Ray's total full length <laughs> film. Yeah, filmography. His most beloved film. Speaking of IMDb, this movie has a two point eight rating. Fuck off! Like half the of people ass. on didn't watch this movie. They probably saw that it was covered on MST3K, and we're like, that's obviously a zero or a one or whatever like this movie is better than a lot of hollywood movies i've seen <laughs> better than like 30 percent of the movies we've covered on this podcast it's, so far and it's not good but no. <laughs> is it good no it's not is it like, entertaining a hundred percent yeah I, I think it is one of those movies that kind of caught in people's minds probably because it was on mst3k that it's like one of those like go-to bad movies so people who don't watch a lot of bad movies probably watched it and were like yeah this is the worst piece of shit that ever was created but they yeah, movie has North. like some real talent behind it not north level a-list no. talent but like the people in this movie there's a lot of them that have done other good things charles band produced this he's kind of a roger corman figure in the b-movie world yeah. he's he owned full moon features which they've released like hundreds and hundreds of bad movies all kinds of varying quality some of them are pretty horrible but i think this was before full moon features was a thing even though their production company logo is at the beginning of the version of this i watched anyway yeah for so. b movies you could do a lot worse yes than this i would say it has a story it has a clear story that's easy to understand there's no glaring potholes or anything like that there's a low production value but it has it where it counts there's lots of explosions i really like the stop motion aliens those guys awesome. were fucking awesome this movie is the cast are actually not too bad there's a few good actors I'm, I'm just gonna read some <laughs> trivia that is awesome from imdb on this in regards to the cast roddy mcdowell agreed to be in the film when he heard that they wanted a well-known name in the cast mm -hmm. to help sell the movie. <laughs> He's first billed on the stuff I yeah. looked at. <laughs> McDowell said he'd play a small role for $300, uh -huh. which he used for car repairs. And <laughs> well, I do need to fix my transmission. Uh, his car was one of the ones that got blown up by the laser in the movie. <laughs> Seeing as how you've blown up my car, I guess I'll be in your movie. <laughs> Yeah, that's their go-to in this movie. This movie is like 10 pretty good explosions and one really great explosion masquerading <laughs> as a movie in a way. And and some really good stop-motion aliens. Yeah. So that, oh, well, really good might be debatable, but it, they're really cool. When the only tool you have is a laser blaster, there's going to be some <laughs> explosions. Yeah, and it's always cars except for a couple a couple scenes. We'll get to those mm. later. How much did this movie cost? Can you even Every find bit that? of that budget had to be I, on TNT. It's incredible. All that money's on screen. There's good explosions in this. <laughs> the explosions look rad as hell. Pretty good makeup. Yeah. The, the script could have used a little work in terms of sure. some of the dialogue. It wasn't doing these actors a lot of favors, yeah. but... Uh, no, the script sucks. As a B-movie, it, it hits the notes it needs to hit. It's got its 10 really good explosions. It's got its crazy aliens. Pretty cool-looking spaceship. Well, let's get into it. So there's the opening credits. You see everybody, and then, you know, with the hammer, they got Roddy McDowell. So whenever that comes up, I know that I'm having a good time because he's yeah. come up a couple times in the show already and <laughs> I think he's gonna be like if anybody wants to chart the actors who are in our movies Roddy McDowell is gonna be right at the fucking top the lows yeah. yeah he's like the patron saint of the low podcast gun for hire he always needs car repairs <laughs> he's got a he's got a good get a new car Roddy <laughs> like I like my 64 Buick Skylark <laughs> he's he's the good guy to play your scientist in a movie or something like that you know he's got like an actor face 
face. I was really looking at him in this movie, and I'm like, he doesn't, he's not Brad Pitt, but he looks like an actor. And he, handsome. Yeah. He can emote. And he gives it his all in the performance, which is always, it sticks out even more in a weird way when it's a sh- like a shitty movie. He's, he's English, right? Yeah. Or Scottish or something? Uh, Well, uh, yeah. Kind of like Donald Pleasance, where he'll show up in any fucking movie for 10 minutes or whatever. <laughs> Maybe a Five Cameron minutes. Mitchell, that kind of thing. Yeah. Donald Pleasance is another one. Probably number two. Or yeah. He's going to be, yeah. Or number one. He'll on be our... an old friend by the time <laughs> <laughs> this project comes to an end. Yeah. When we're all dust, you'll still be listening to back episodes from our catalog where we're talking about <laughs> Donald Pleasance and Roddy McDowell. Uh, the movie opens with a guy. He's kind of looks like a zombie. He's all fucked up looking. Looks kind of like the Evil Dead Deadite makeup in the first movie. Like I was thinking a little decent. bit of like Reagan and the Exorcist type. Yeah. Greenish tint. Really with pale. Right. Yeah. Definitely a zombie look. He looks like a ghoul. It's pretty good makeup. Yeah. The makeup effects are decent in this yeah, too. Yeah, okay. Within the first 20 seconds after the credits or something like that, these aliens, these little E.T. looking motherfuckers just come out of this not quite a flying saucer. It kind of looks more like a Romulan warbird, that type of shit. Which mark, bro? Wahlberg. <laughs> I fly my Romulan I fly my mock Wahlberg, Romulan Wahlberg. <laughs> these guys look like turtles, right? I, they're supposed to be turtles, these yeah, aliens, they, I figured. I don't know. Kind of like turtles. But, I think oh, they that, ripped their good, design off. Yeah, turtles with no shell. With no shell. Kind of a good comparison, because I was trying to think of what how to describe <laughs> them to somebody who hasn't seen them. They are kind of the beginning of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie before they're grown up when they just when they first start standing they kind of look like that I love that nice stop motion they don't have like sharp looking teeth or anything they kind of have like cute yeah. faces they look pretty harmless they have laser blasters they talk in this alien <laughs> language which is never translated which I kind of like I always know exactly what they're saying yeah. too <laughs> it kind of sounds like backward English but, but also like barks and quacks and stuff it, it's sort of a Darmok and Jalad that episode of Star Trek where Picard has to encounter the alien he can't communicate with. We we know what they're saying, even though they're not, you know they when get the, chewed off by their boss. When the walls fell, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Shaka when the, the walls fell. Yeah, <laughs> Darmok and Jalad at Montego, really. <laughs> whatever he says. Classic. When the walls fell, Darmok and Jalad. Watido. They see this guy and they immediately just blast him and incinerate him. <laughs> so like within yeah. 30 seconds of this movie starting, there's aliens and there's a guy who's just like turned into not even a skeleton. He's just turned into a pile of ash. It, it's yeah. a pretty lame gunfight. I don't know what's going on here because we've seen what this, we'll see what this laser cannon is capable of, but he kind of just pings them, pings the aliens. It's kind of like pew, pew. It doesn't hurt them at all. And then they, yeah, they just incinerate him. Yeah. It's not the like gunfight from heat. No. It's, no. <laughs> This gun is, it's like a he toy has a big to them. laser. Yeah. They're not the smartest tools in the shed, though, because they don't pick up the laser gun. Yeah, and they suck at their job. Fucking morons. They're the they get chewed out by their boss, dude. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. Well, they're like the equivalent of the pot-smoking cops we meet later. Yeah. They're just there to have a good time, toast some Crow, people. And... Cruise through space. They don't pick it up at the end, either. No, exactly. <laughs> they suck at their job. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they're not following the, the prime directive. <laughs> no. They, so they if, just leave their fucking technology laying there, just yeah. careless. Peace out. They're so dumb. If they were backpackers, <laughs> yeah. they'd be the shittiest hikers ever because they're not following the pack it in, pack it out mentality. Yeah, even their trash they're, everywhere. Exactly. And of course, you know, once one of us gets it, then we turn feral and just start blowing up the whole damn town. Yeah. yeah. Don't interfere with the native wildlife. Exactly. Basic God, that's principle. what this movie's trying to say. This guy's just a pile of ash, and then we cut to Billy Duncan's place. <laughs> and uh, he's got a haircut like he's from kind of like the mid-90s home improvement era. He could be one of the... Tim Allen's. He's a kids. hunk. 
He's got, yeah. he's got blonde hair. He's, he's jeans on. Shirtless and no shirt. most of the time, or at least open. Yeah, shirtless or open. Yeah. People keep making a Star Wars comparison with this movie. Like, Laser Blast was meant to capitalize on Star Wars. 100%. <laughs> People watch it. Charles Band said, like, uh, this was my attempt to make my Star Wars. And there's nothing about this movie that really is reminiscent of Star Wars other than it's a sci fi movie. But this guy does kind of look like knockoff Mark Hamill in this, sort of. I kept getting that vibe looking at him. He He's, he's got like blue eyes and the the same Mark Hamill haircut in this. But he is he was a good actor in his own right. He he did guy was in musical theater a lot. I yeah. think yeah. Jesus Christ he Superstar. Kim, Kim Milford. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. is his name. Uh, yeah, he was a big Broadway guy. Uh, we don't get to hear him sing in this movie or see him dance. No a shame. No, the music isn't almost entirely Casio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, demo. Richard Band, Charles Band, the producer's brother, did the score on this. It's like don't yeah, say. synthesizer. <laughs> Yeah, he did a, a lot of the full moon features. You don't movies. say the producer's brother made the soundtrack for this. <laughs> a little movie. bit of nepotism. You can tell it's a guy who has sunglasses on and has been up all night just <laughs> hammering away on his Casio if, keyboard. If, if his brother was, lines. <laughs> if his brother more were more successful, mm-hmm. his name would be Frank Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> like, all his music kind of sounds like elevator music version of more popular music. I don't know. This is like an elevator version yeah. of like Wendy Carlo or something. Some kind of synth music. Sure. Yeah. So Billy he, wakes he up. wakes up. Billy wakes up, and his mom is filling her car with luggage. It's a like, very awkward encounter. <laughs> and there's a lot of luggage. This and thing. she's like, "I'm going off to Alcapulco. I got another invitation." He's like, "Another one." He's like, "Yep. Okay. Bye." How many? Always <laughs> like, "How many times you want to go to Acapulco?" <laughs> Till they stop asking me, sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's just like, he's way too old to be upset about his mother going on a vacation too. Like he looks mid to late twenties to me, maybe here. Yeah. He has so, a girlfriend. Yeah. What does he care? They're exactly. pretty serious. Yeah. yeah. Like he he looks older than he's cast. I think they're supposed to be high school kids, but he's definitely older than that. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, he's throwing a pout tantrum because his mom's going to Alcapulco and it's like why is this old man uh, upset about that well okay the weird thing is she's obvious she wasn't expecting him to know about it until she, <laughs> like, she was like she's trying to sneak out and that's kind of weird <laughs> just tell your fully grown son that you're leaving for Mexico she didn't want to leave him pizza money or something like yeah, that you're gonna, gonna have to microwave your own dinner honey so he uh, decides to go for a drive around in his sweet ass van yeah his he's old Chevy old classic. enough to have a shagging wagon yeah that he drives yeah, around he's town. Got some big Sasquatch type footprints up and yeah. down. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the music. You said that's the score, but also the diegetic music in this movie is that same music. So he like turns on the radio and it's this like knockoff seventies prog funk. Maybe. There is kind of a weird quality to this it's all movie. Instrumental that comes yeah. out of like the cheapness. I think where you'll hear like a lot of the when they're outdoors, you'll hear outdoor noises and stuff. It's like it's very non professional. It gives it this like weird surreal quality. Though. I yeah, know. I like it. Everything is a signifier. Like nothing is bona fide. Yeah, <laughs> it's you got impression- all the fides. You got the signifieds, the bona fides. Yeah. <laughs> it's like impressionistic in that kind of B movie way where you your imagination kind of has to fill in the blanks. It's I'm avant garde. I'm picturing the, the coolest hep song smart. that's playing on the radio. That exactly. Yeah. That's what you makes this movie timeless. So he's going off to see Kathy, which is his girlfriend, played by Cheryl Rainbow Smith. Yeah, I guess she's something of a yeah. She's B been in lots or... of B movies and uh, seen her in lots of stuff. She's really beautiful. 
I think this was her first one, and she's not super into it. She didn't think they had a, a great script to work with. Well, she was right about the script. <laughs> she, she's got her perspective as an actress. Ten pretty good explosions wasn't exactly what she looks for in a script, but... I guess not. <laughs> she she uh, also so she, died, died tragically young. Yes. She was a heroin addict. Oh, no. Hey, are we having fun? <laughs> so, so uh, oh, yeah. They go to he goes Billy goes to Kathy's place. She's not around, but this old fucking crazy Colonel Farley is. He's just kind of unhinged. He's like, You're just like them white collar guys down at Cherry Point. Operation Sandust. Hush, hush. Everybody connected with it. Hush, hush. You guys with your disguises and tricks. <laughs> this guy I'm reading like he's they live next to Area 51 or something like that, and people know that there's yeah. aliens around or something. He, but he's like the Quaid brother in what's that one? Independence Day, where Randy he's like Quaid. he's had interaction with aliens. I don't he's it doesn't like the, actually he's like Randy Quaid in real life yeah, <laughs> yeah just a crazy paranoid nut I think he's supposed to be a comic relief character but he's not especially funny no, no and the he's thing supposed is, to be right because he knows what's actually going on because there is a cover up with the aliens and that's stuff. True. yeah but and he knows, knows the guy yeah but he's Kathy's but grandpa they play it very it makes me feel so bad for him because at first it's like oh this guy this old guy is, he's a loony but then she comes out and she's like, come back inside, Grandpa. I mean, like, the way he plays it, it's like, oh, he actually is losing his mind or something like that. And, and, and he, he was a colonel in the army, and he always wears his colonel jacket with, like, the full medals on it and everything. But he's wearing, like, pajamas underneath. There are a lot of, like, ex-army guys who are like, yeah, I saw UFOs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And people, like, think that's, like, really convincing evidence. <laughs> it turns out it was just Maverick testing his latest fighter jet or something. <laughs> yeah. Hit the new record. He kicks him out he kicks billy out he's like you leave you leave kathy out of this you leave you leave and and billy gets out of there and kathy comes out and ushers him back in so then billy's just going down the highway and then we meet these two burnout cops who are bragging about how they hick cops from the yeah the country deputies there's the big bearded one and the little one and they're always doing a little comedy bit with each other well like the little the little one's always doing something in this case he's smoking a joint but later on he's eating a hamburger and then the big (laughs) one's just at first chastising him he's like oh don't you know we'll get kicked off the force and then a Eventually, he just relents and it turns out that he wants it too, and he just bogarts the joint or the burger yeah. or whatever it happens to be. Or the tamale. Or the tamale. <laughs> That's going to yeah. give you gut rot. And then Tamales Billy just blows by them, going like 30 miles an hour, and then they act like he's fucking yeah. speed racer tearing down the tracks. Most action they've seen in months. Yeah, the big cop has a southern accent, mm-hmm. which is an interesting choice. Yeah, <laughs> No one else has that. I don't know if it was a choice. <laughs> just, it might have just been what showed up. True enough. Here's day. a southern guy. The whole movie takes place in the desert. Probably pretty cheap to film there. Lots of scrub brush and yeah. so lots, of, lots of long desert scenes. Lot. So no dune, but pretty close. This is, a real <laughs> this is what the real desert it looks like none of that fake ass dune. They get Billy for a speeding ticket, then he leaves, and then they're they're big. The the, the so big the big sheriff is like, "How's your mama doing these days, boy?" <laughs> so I was wondering if his mom's like a high class escort oh, or 100%. something. Maybe? That's why she's going like, to Acapulco. <laughs> oh, yeah. is that what it is? They, totally. They never explicitly say it. She's I don't know. The way the sheriff is like, "Your mama has a reputation." Acapulco boy. may as well be Epstein's island. She's just going off for some whatever <laughs> yeah. whatever people are paying her for. I, the modern equivalent might be Dubai. Like (laughs) OnlyFans model going to Dubai. I'm so naive. Thought she was just gonna go have a nice time with her girlfriends. So maybe Billy does have a right to feel a little uh, out of sorts about things. I don't know. The local cops are razzing you about your mom, (laughs) man. That's sucks. Yeah, that's brutal. Poor Billy. I wish. I thought he had a laser blaster, but. 
<laughs> Alas. <laughs> they try to treat him like he's a schmuck or a loser, but I don't know. He's got a pretty good life. He's got his own van. He's yeah. a good-looking guy. He's got a hot girlfriend. He gets yeah. to go to like the popular kids' parties later on. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't seem like that much of a loser to me. So I don't know what his big deal is, but they give him a ticket, <laughs> and he's all complaining, and then they're going to leave, and then they kind of like fuck around and cause like a big pileup because they're so stoned. <laughs> yeah, they do the classic thing where they're like, okay, it's time to go now, and they like pull out onto the highway and cut off this car. And it and it rolls <laughs> pretty good, man. There's some good car stunts in this. They wrecked some cars. I was car impressed. Rolls. I was yeah. like, right off the bat, I've seen kick-ass fucking stop-motion aliens and a car getting rolled over and blown up and shit. I'm like, that was must have been the budget for this movie. You don't get any of this in modern movies, and I miss no. It. Tip a car over. Have a barbarian brother throw a plane over on its back, and I'm having yeah. a good time. So Froggy and Chuck, we meet now. That's these two freaks that drive up and they're cruising around the gas station just taunting Billy. They're a dynamic duo. I guess they're bullies, but one of them is like total stereotypical movie nerd he, too. So. He is stereotypical movie nerd. He's uh, Eddie Deason. Why are oh, these guys Deason. bullying Billy? Exactly. Well, that's the thing. He's getting dunked their... on by the... People should be bullying them. Where are their bitches? <laughs> they challenge him to a race. They're like, you want to race, Billy? And then the, the other one's egging him on. Like, no, Billy doesn't like to race. Billy's like, who told you that? I like to race. And <laughs> His car, his van doesn't even start. Pathetic. He's, he's a dork. But yeah, one of them is Froggy. He's played by Eddie Deason. He's, he's a nerd in a lot of stuff eddie deason was the nerd in greece yeah <laughs> like yeah and probably the only actor to return for did greece, you too. get very far <laughs> <laughs> he's that yeah. guy probably Tell me more <laughs> yeah i don't even think he gets to no he's not with even it, a with the, uh, he's, he's just like in the he's on the school newspaper or something he's got a he's got a good nerd look and so they kind of make a total fool of billy and they go and then billy's all put out and he has to go to his thinking spot in the middle of the desert and so he's just kind of <laughs> sitting in his van and he's uh, like, oh i just wish that i had something to help me out with my woes and what's that bad. behind that sagebrush he finds the laser gun and again you could tell that uh, the role was written much younger than he is because he starts having like a fantasy <laughs> laser fight in the desert with the gun and he's like pretending he's shooting soldiers and yeah he's going pew, 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 pow, pow, pow. He's like, i'm a soldier so what's <laughs> <laughs> and this goes on for a while. It, it goes on yeah. for a while, and the reason he finds the laser gun is he was drinking a refreshing Coca-Cola, oh. and he throws it off, and then the la- it just blows this Coke bottle to smithereens. sense. But, no. Okay. And then his, like, his first thing is he picks it up. He's like, ah, pew pew. Like, <laughs> yeah. Are you touching that thing if you find that in the desert? Like, it if something just randomly blows something like shoots a what? fireball are you gonna it's boring it. i'm doing everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it looks like a big flashlight it's say what, what's this <laughs> hole for <laughs> it, like a weird looking gun you have to slide your arm into this long tube in order to use it when it's in the first scene and you see that alien i thought it was just like a prosthetic arm i didn't realize it was a laser gun it's like no gun you've ever seen before but it has incredible destructive power it's not too long before billy finds out that in order to actually use it he needs to put on this special animal amulet once he's wearing the amulet then he can start blasting things and making fireballs yeah it seems to be some kind of power cell it's not clear how it makes the gun work they never fully explain it they never get into it they don't get into the deal of what this weird alien is that like uses the laser or what what's really happening to billy there's tantalizing hints yeah Yeah, Yeah, i don't need need to know what i need is this teenager finding a laser blaster and then going on a rampage and that's exactly what happened putting on that necklace that looks like truck nuts 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. A single like truck nut. A black yeah. nut sack hanging, hanging around there. his neck. Did either of you ever read Tommyknockers by Stephen King? I think he was big time inspired from this because kind of the premise for that is this woman unearths part of a flying saucer, like a spaceship in her backyard. Mm. And as and she just like becomes enchanted by it and she needs to like keep digging out more and more of it. And as this is happening, her body starts to change and she like starts to become one of the aliens that, oh, uh, that interesting. originally piloted the flying saucer. Sure. And you know, I was thinking of that uh, Neil Blomkamp movie, District 9. Isn't oh, yeah. that like the plot of that movie too? Like he finds an alien weapon, sprays gas in his face, and it starts turning him into one of the aliens? You know, one of the prawns? It That's came out all I feel like I've but... seen this trope once or twice in sci-fi. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it a trope, but I've seen that yeah. kind of body horror element. A I few think, times before. I think they all owe a debt of gratitude to a laser blast. Yeah, basically where he wears the medallion, where it hangs down on his chest, I think. He starts getting a rash there. It starts out as a rash. It starts out as a rash, and then eventually it turns into this weird hard shell plate thing. It starts to grow out of his chest. That happens later. First, so it's he just finds a Kathy, rash. his yeah. girlfriend, finally, and they go for like a picnic or something on a blanket. They're just kind of laying. She says something that makes no sense she's like isn't it so peaceful out here like the sky and the birds it's, it's like we're in a big blue cup <laughs> a, a giant blue cup yeah. the sky is like a cup and he, he's like <laughs> and we're the drags and, and she's like oh billy sometimes you're so dark I, you've yeah. got a darkness to you that i just can't tap into yeah really weird lines <laughs> very the on drags. the nose pour it out <laughs> yeah and before that she's like don't you look like the cat that swallowed the cream <laughs> grandpa says he's gonna shoot you on site next time you step on the property mm-hmm. and then she goes right into this guy's like a cop <laughs> like, this is like the room level dialogue yeah. <laughs> what the fuck these actors do deserve better yeah they weren't well served by the the writing necessarily yeah Whatever. she notices the red mark on his chest he's like what's wrong he's like i don't know probably something bit me in the desert i was fooling around there just <laughs> <laughs> went out there i mean you know as you do that's what you do in the 70s just when you live in the desert you just go fool around in the desert have desert will fool around in the as <laughs> old as time and so she's telling him that there's a party coming up it's her friend's uh, birthday party and he's getting invited with the cool kids and he doesn't want to because this guy's a fucking downer seems like he's got a good thing going on but he doesn't want to go to the party and she like threatens him like i'll go with the other cool kid in school if you don't take me yeah it's a pool party babes everywhere sexy yeah everybody's there they've got a weenie roast going on there's a big cake it's fran's birthday she's the only one eating cake well fran's like eating cake in the pool which is just i don't care i guess it's her place she can do what she wants but that seems off base to me i don't want to eat in a pool earlier today we were talking about how how much of a hassle it is to clean a pool if something happens you don't want that on par with feces yeah getting in the pool they all look the same when they're floating around in a pool throw some chlorine in there but i i think the idea is that fran's supposed to be kind of frumpy too but she's not really she's the only one eating cake like i have no idea why anyone else is eating cake i think they're supposed to be like ah, she's so fat eating cake or fran's the worst host in the world because all she's doing is moping in the corner and eating cake and like instead of going out and actually talking to the people who are at her place well people are having a good time exactly people are having a good time and i'm sure if she went and talked to them they'd be like hey fran great party can i have some of that cake (laughs) no you can a bow 
Bogart that whole Sarah Lee to yourself or what? <laughs> That's what Billy says later. He's like, I bet she ate that whole cake. Well, they show like two or three times throughout the party, and she's always eating like a new piece of cake in some new location <laughs> yeah. in her massive backyard. Yeah, and I didn't notice that at all. <laughs> she's complaining to Kathy. She's like, oh, you're the only one who would have come here if not for my pool, Kathy. Everybody hates me. There's been no indication of that. Everyone seems to like her. It's <laughs> another weird throwaway detail in this movie, I guess. And, so- and while this is happening, we see the aliens. They're kind of like flying away from Earth. Their yeah. boss calls them up on the video phone, and we get like a long <laughs> scene of the boss talking to them. We'd be like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it like cuts, cuts to like the footage of the laser on the ground and like Billy having the laser going yeah. pow 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 <laughs> and he's like <laughs> <laughs> and they're yeah. like oh oh let her go back he conveys it all you know yeah. he's a pissed off boss chewing out his employees he's like he points at them and like points back toward her yeah <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny because they use the exact same footage that we just saw like two minutes ago and yeah <laughs> I, I, I wasn't gonna overthink it but I was no. like how did this get recorded i don't they must have had a drone there with stealth cable no best not to think about the these boss things like, they're already making a movie about it you guys fucked up get back there get the laser blaster uh, round two they turn back around yeah wah, wah. back at the party kathy's disappeared and billy finds him the the two dweebs are just they're getting ready to this is this movie's sexual assault scene it goes super dark for no reason there's no nudity in this movie no, there is no, no nudity. A little bit of side boob earlier, yeah, but that's about boob. it. Billy gets there in time to stop this. He's walking through the house and he hears through a door. She's saying, "No, stop, stop!" And he gets in, and a pretty lame fight scene ensues where he be- gets beaten up by them, and she steps in. And again, the dialogue's not quite clicking in the scene. No, they they <laughs> kind of give Billy the what for. They start beating him up a little bit. And, yeah, you know, she hit one with a tennis racket. She tried to break up the fight, and Billy it's... had the tennis racket, and she was like, "No." stop nothing happened it's okay like they still kick billy's ass but pussy Fro- froggy's <laughs> jumping up and down like a trained circus he'll clap <laughs> his hands while his buddy's just kicking robert de niro ass. kicking billy in the ribs you know they leave the party billy and kathy left the party way early and then it's like midnight and other people are just leaving the party the dweebs are starting to leave the party and then you see this kind of like alien looking thing up on the hill looking down at the dweebs mm-hmm. car they get in the dweebs get out and then billy aims his laser blaster at it and just <laughs> blows the car up and everybody at the party's like my word yeah Yeah, that's like the first time we see like how the gun seems to be like fucking with billy and turning him crazy yeah before he goes to that even he's like in his underwear and dancing in his room like martin sheen at the start (laughs) of the podcast now he does he dances with the laser gun a couple times it reminded me of like leatherface and texas chainsaw massacre when he dances with his chainsaw he just kind of spins around he's having a great old time with the laser gun oh yeah wouldn't you though these teens don't know what the hell's going on they they don't quite believe a laser gun blew this car up they're like was it a lightning bolt was it this was it that they keep talking like it's a lightning bolt and (laughs) froggy just can't get over this fact it comes up multiple times throughout the movie where it's like do you really think they're gonna believe it was a lightning bolt there's no way a lightning bolt could do that yeah it becomes a bit of a running gag so the next day we're at the sheriff station and got the ornery sheriff who's chewing a stogie like the size of a goat leg gotta go check out this car explosion you gotta go figure out what's going on then a mr craig comes in he was out in the desert earlier he came across the remnants 
shots of Billy's playing in the desert with the laser gun. He found like the broken Coke bottle and he found like uh, some charred ground because once Billy got that thing going, he did like 10 explosions there that were pretty good. This guy's like a man in black from the government or something. He's on the lookout. He's like trying to track down the laser gun. Played by Gianna Russo. Gianni Russo. Most famously, he plays Carlo Rizzi in The Godfather. Yeah, yeah. Six years earlier, he was getting the shit beat out Mm -hmm. of him by a Sonny Corleone. (laughs) Oh, is he that guy? He's the guy who gets like one of the most monumental ass kickings in cinematic history. Beat all up and down the street. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, with that fire hydrant blowing water. I wish James Caan was still alive just so he could kick my ass. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be sweet. I mean, De Niro can still kick me, but he doesn't kick like he used to. No, no, no. no. He can't get those high (laughs) kicks. You see him in like the Irishman and it's like he's supposed to be 28 and he's like kicking the shit out of some guy. (laughs) Sorry, De Niro, you just don't have the kicks anymore. You didn't have to do it this way. (laughs) You could have just recast a younger guy for the parts. It's such a great beating that this guy gets in The Godfather. Like his fingers are getting bit by James Caan off a post at one point. (laughs) He's he's holding on to the little fence grate because he doesn't want to get dragged into the street. And and so James Caan bites his fingers. So he's in this movie now. He never, I don't think, reveals what agency he's for. But when he comes into the sheriff's office, the sheriff's smoking the stove. He's got his feet up on the desk, and the sheriff's kind of like, what do you want? And he's like, well, you can get your feet off that desk for starters and put that stogie out. And the sheriff's like, who do you think you are? And he pulls out some identification. We don't see what the agency is, but sheriff smartens up real quick. It's enough to know that you better uh, straighten up and fly right. And so he orders the whole town to be shut down, and he's asking about any suspicious activity, and he's really taking control of the situation. Kind of like a Jack Frost, the serial killer Jack Frost, the FBI guy or whoever that shows up in that (laughs) quarantine the entire town or the blob or any number of small town weird alien movies i guess the spook shows up and kind of gets everybody scared straight kathy convinces billy to go to the doctor and this is where we get the lovely roddy mcdowell yeah we're more than halfway through the movie and i'm like where the fuck is roddy mcdowell Uh, finally he showed up he's the doctor he does a little uh, he sees billy's metal plate and he wants to do a little operate like incision to get some of it out and send it to a lab and Springfield. Excuse me, Mr. Mr. Ray. My car's (laughs) broken down outside of the studio. It's so awkward. Can I borrow a quarter to phone my mechanic? (laughs) (laughs) He needs to get the sample to his buddy that very night. His the guy the lab tech in Springfield. So and it's one of the more awkward bits of dialogue in the movie where Roddy McDowell is just talking on the phone. It's almost like the two parts of the telephone conversation have nothing to do with each other. And Roddy McDowell is like, "Yes, midnight. Yes, it will have." to be after midnight i'm afraid i I won't be able to leave until (laughs) time to take the sample i feel so bad for this schmuck at the lab because it's the middle of the day yeah essentially roddy mcdowell saying like you need to stick around at work for (laughs) another 10 hours or something (laughs) like that and like they didn't say it was like can i go home no i don't know when i'll be there it could be between now and sometime after midnight i am afraid it will most definitely be after midnight (laughs) (laughs) best to just wait there and trust me i I'll be there. Nothing will happen. That, and that's Roddy <laughs> that McDowell's still scene. waiting to this day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
because as much as they wanted to put Roddy McDowell's name at the top of the poster, this, this is pretty much it for him. That's it. <laughs> he immediately dies going for his midnight ride. Billy's in his ghoul makeup with his laser gun. And, and he blasts Roddy McDowell's car and it kind of rolls over, blows up. Great. Love it. Meanwhile, yep. this guy's just waiting. He's like, I want, I want to see my wife and kid. But Roddy <laughs> McDowell said he was going to be here tonight. He tells his secretary, place a call into the local sheriff because like, there could have been an accident. And boy, was he right. The next day, the uh, they're investigating the accident. So I got to say that the cops did a shit job of locking the town down. The guy yeah. told them to do one thing and Roddy McDowell's driving out. Billy's out there. People yeah. are just getting out. No Figures. problem. They're not the sharpest tools in the shed, these they're, local sheriffs. They're too damn high. Yeah, this isn't Return of the Living Dead or Last of Us. No. Those cops are not fucking around. <laughs> these are just too dumb. They, they're like Cheech and Chong. They do get like some sniper cops out later in the helicopter or in the airplane that's going around. It's one of the like, rare airplane snipers yeah, that you see in that'd a That'd be movie. tough. North by Northwest. I guess oh, yeah. that's like the other one. But it's, <laughs> it seems like such an inefficient way to kill somebody. It's just like, do these huge swooping loops. Yeah, to get shoot. a chopper. Yeah. And, it, and, he, and he didn't actually have like a gun with a scope. He had like a machine gun, that like a Vietnam machine gun from the Vietnam War or something. A Vietnam machine yeah. gun? <laughs> the ones used by the Americans, so the M16, I think. That kind of gun. Okay. Yeah. The kinds they used for atrocities in Vietnam. Yeah, exactly. Good for massacring innocent people but not not good for taking sniper shots from an airplane so mcdowell he gets blown up and like that's another one of these explosions in this movie they have a handful of good ones where it like mm-hmm. shows it several times from several different angles uh, yeah. which i love that just like little flex be like check it out guys like we made a sweet explosion like yeah. here it is and now here it is again oh up here yeah. We only have one shot. We need total coverage. Yeah. Total coverage. Yeah. Let's get several cameras on this one. It's going to be sweet. Like Robert Rodriguez was talking about making El Mariachi, and he's like, what do I have access to? I, like before he wrote a script, he was like, I have a bus. I have some prop guns. I'm going to write a movie around that. These guys were like, I have a, got a guy who can do explosions, and I've got a guy who can do stop motion. I'm going to make a movie around that. And that, that is the those are the selling points of the movie. That's, That's like enough. That's enough. Yeah. It's not Star Wars. No. <laughs> no. In 85 minutes, it'll get you where you're going, though. It needed more blood. That would have made it truly great. That's, <laughs> yeah. There, there isn't really any gore to speak of. But sci-fi weapons, they do heat, heat rays and stuff like that. So Lots we, of incinerations. We, we do cut to the aliens seeing the footage of the car blowing up, too. They're also watching it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, and oh, even shit. they're like, oh, damn, <laughs> this is fucked up. Like, Our boss Did you see that see other this. angle? <laughs> so everybody's after Billy. He gets taken in by the cops. Mm-hmm. While the cops are taking him in, like, the, the bigger guy gives him a punch right in the belly. He's like, right in the belly, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> and the other guy's like, yeah. Good one, but got him right in the belly, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like Mr. Craig, that fancy government man. He's gonna want to ask you all kinds of fancy questions, but I know what really gets a perp to talk and gives him the the small town sheriff treatment in the back of the car there. But then he like kind of flashes. He he opens his chest to show them all his weird chest growth thing, and that kind of makes everybody uncomfortable. It, it freaks everyone out. Yeah, the the big guy's like, I ain't never before seen nothing like that in my whole life. And it's like, I was thinking if I saw that, I would probably just be like. Oh, that's kind of weird. Go to a doctor. Like, it's not that freaky. 
Hit him again. <laughs> He's different. Yeah. <laughs> and so Billy, they take him in to get tested at the lab, and they do some science in a very science-like way. There's a lot of swishing of beakers and people looking at graphs and charts and going like, hmm, what does this mean? And yeah. The metal in his chest is a material that isn't found on Earth, generic scientist says, and he's also saying uh, it also appears to be growing. He's like, I, I don't know if this makes me sound crazy, but this material is growing. And the government guy's like, no, you're not crazy. Yeah, he's the first guy that Carlo Rizzi's been nice to in the entire movie. <laughs> Everybody else, he's a total asshole to them, but this guy's like, good yeah. work. And then later, the colonel. That's but, true. Him and the colonel have a bit of a they history. They have a history. They never go into it. wonder what it is. Yeah, they must have been on the lovers? same. <laughs> There's history between us, colonel. What happens in the foxhole stays in the foxhole. <laughs> what have you say, colonel? Fire in the hole. Yeah, so Love in I... the trenches. Night revenge. Another coke? Yeah, oh, Billy, night revenge. Billy is stalking the cops now as they stop at the gas station for a coke, which is everybody's favorite activity in this town is going yep. to the coke machine outside the gas station. Billy drinks one earlier, and it's the most refreshing-looking thing yeah, I've ever seen in yeah. my life. Nothing mm. like a coke, ice-cold coke in the middle of the desert. That'll... This podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. <laughs> I could go for a Coca-Cola. I've got one. Like, this is the best explosion in the movie, I think, yeah. when he takes out the cops. And the gas yeah. station goes up. Yeah. One of the cops goes into the gas station for a piss break. That's the first thing Billy blows up he, with his laser gun. That thing just goes up like nobody's business. He then the car. The car. Yeah, that's real good. And then the whole damn shebang, the whole convenience store blows up. This was their money shot for the movie. This was like their, we want, the, we want, this is our biggest explosion of all the explosions we do. I but, like but the skinny cop gets away. He's like running away and then Billy shoots him too. Direct hits him. <laughs> with this laser gun. <laughs> it's pretty satisfying. Yeah. And Billy's looking more and more like a deadite as yeah. he's like rampaging around, blowing he, shit up like crazy. He really does look like a zombie. <laughs> it's a great rampage. It's a weird alien that he plays. He almost seems like a dumb beast or something most of the time, but he's using like this sophisticated technology. <laughs> yeah. Sophisticated technology. I don't know what the direction or the script told him because, yeah, he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, he's lurching like around. Yeah, like a zombie. Like when I was a kid, I had like a Fisher Price golf set that had like some little plastic golf clubs you put in. It was like a big blue tube. What I would do with it more than anything is just put it on my arm and pretend that I had a gigantic laser blast. Oh that's yeah, pretty much what this looks like. He's got like a big <laughs> plastic tube, and I guess they use like like found parts from the back lots of wherever they were filming this. And one of the one of the oh. pieces is an old Star Trek tricorder and things like that. Oh like cool, old sci-fi props all got super glued together to make this sweet laser blast. And right. the lasers actually look pretty cool which is a plus that could make or break a movie called laser blast yeah the lasers mostly work i gotta say the movie's called laser blast and he blasts a lot of lasers <laughs> yeah it lives it, up to the a title. lot of fucking lasers <laughs> it really does deliver on that premise doesn't it uh, right from the get-go and all the way to the end what delivers more heathers, <laughs> <That's> a <laughs> lot a lot of heathers. heathers. there was multiple heathers i when i was reading the <laughs> trivia for it like they say the word heather like 90 times in that movie or something like that that's a lot of heathers <laughs> as fairly, advertised fairly short run time. Okay, we'll call it a tie. That's another way these movies are high-low of each other. They both deliver on the promise of their titles. <laughs> <laughs> these movies are just so much more connected than we ever could have imagined. <laughs> yeah, so Billy's rampaging around the town, and this is where we get the the airplane with a sniper in it. It's pretty great. They just kind of keep doing passes at him, and they keep <laughs> missing, and Billy's this trying to blast him, and he's Definitely missing. inspired by North by Northwest. Yeah, <laughs> must have been. the scene has 
none of the tension really of that movie. <laughs> and this explosion, it must be said, isn't as good as a, a car exploding because I don't think they were able to actually explode an no, airplane they for didn't, this. They didn't blow up a plane. Like he finally gets a good shot. The plane comes down really low mm-hmm. and it goes right by him and he's shooting at the plane and finally he hits it. You see the laser blast go up to the plane and then the screen just kind of goes. Kind of a well. cheap trick, but it. Cheap skates. I mean, what? It works. I don't. Yeah. I don't hate this movie for it. No, it, it, it blew up a lot of stuff. Already. Yeah, the o- the only reason I might have been mildly disappointed by that is just because they went there with the explosion so often before, and you actually did see all the cars exploding so good, and, yeah. and the convenience store explode. It did stick out just because of that, but planes are just so much more expensive than yeah. a car you can get from a junkie. I mean, we've covered some movies on this podcast already. For low movies like Double Target and stuff, where they like blew up like fifty helicopters. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, how did they do this on this shoestring budget? Like, I can't even ride in a helicopter. Like, I've been working my whole life. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's an old junk helicopters helicopter. are expensive. <laughs> this movie <laughs> hired Roddy McDowell. They oh, they man. couldn't afford to blow up a plane. I was wishing that Roddy McDowell had died this way in Double Trouble, getting his car exploded. He get, he dies pretty good in that. They just shoot, they shoot him, and there's some blood. I think. If he had got exploded like in this movie, that would have been the ultimate. (laughs) (laughs) We should actually keep track of all the different ways Roddy McDowell dies in the movies that we watch, because I'm sure that there's going to be a bunch. We we should make a spreadsheet, yeah, for Roddy McDowell, for Donald Pleasance, any of those guys that pop up. We'll keep track of their deaths. I did like also that guy in the plane. He's got like a gun. It sound like the sound mixing makes it sound like it's like a belt fed 50 caliber machine gun. <laughs> but what he's got, it it's looks a exactly gun. like a gun that I have. It's like a 22 semi automatic. It should just be like, yeah. Welcome back to Gun Cat. You got to bring more firepower to a fight like that. Yeah, Billy blows up the plane. He does his like laser leather face dance where he kind of dances joyfully. You read kind of leather face. I kind of Red sand person. Oh yeah, sand person. Yeah, that's a, yeah. More, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I think there's a less offensive name for them. But I can't remember <laughs> what. It is. T- Tuscan Raider. A Tuscan Raider. Yeah, that's yeah. their preferred. Right, that's uh, where we came around to. Yeah, I think more. Maybe the dance he does at the very end is very Leatherface because he dances for like a solid thirty seconds yeah. at the at the end with his laser gun, kind of waving it around. Yeah. yeah, like really getting artistic with it. Yeah. But they don't really have like the golden hour. Sun <laughs> no. or anything like no. There isn't really any artistic vision to this movie. Phil. No, a- a- everything Just get dance and I got a tea time. <laughs> yeah. This entire movie was like born out of their budget. <laughs> like it was shot over a weekend, yeah. and maybe it was shot over a long weekend. And sometimes it does have that weird avant-garde feel, but that's only entirely due to the cheapness. It's yeah. like it's it comes out as a result of that. Yeah, yeah. this is where uh, Froggy and Chuck come by in their in their car. And they're convertible. They got a brand new car from the insurance from their last car that got blown up. And Froggy can't believe. Do you really think they're going to believe that it's the lightning? They're never going to believe it's the lightning. And Chuck's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And then he repeats it again. And they say he says the same thing again. I think that was probably supposed to play a lot funnier than it than it necessarily does. I'm I'm on my back rolling around (laughs) laughing my ass off. (laughs) There's a bit of an awkwardness to it. I don't know. Don't worry. The awkwardness is soon put to rest because Billy laser blasts them real good. Uh, These were the rapist guys from earlier. Yeah, it feels good. (laughs) Fuck those bullies. Yeah. Yeah. 
I just have I have Froggy and Rapo written all through my notes. That's a, I just had him written down as Rapo May as throughout well the be. movie. He should have a good nickname like that. You can't just be Chuck. <laughs> yeah, Chuck, yeah. Chuck, yeah. Bobuck, like, Banana Fana for Rape. <laughs> <laughs> or like Danny Trejo in Con Air wasn't his name like Johnny Thirty Seven because he had done thirty seven sex He's crimes. Johnny Twenty Three, but he'd be Johnny Two Hundred <laughs> yeah. if he knew the truth. Yeah, John Malkovich is like your pawn scum. <laughs> You're somewhere between the crust that collects on the sides of your mouth when you uh, are really thirsty yeah. and a cockroach. Burn. Oh, they don't know. <laughs> Is that Danny Trejo? <laughs> Is it okay for us to do a Danny Trejo? <laughs> it's me, Danny Trejo. Well, when you guys were talking about how it's hard to do a girl impression earlier, I was thinking, like, what girls would be easy to do impressions of? Oh, like, maybe Rosie Perez. And then I was like, oh, well, there's a reason, because because she has a distinct uh, like yeah. Spanish accent. <laughs> yeah, uh, is it appropriate? I don't know. Kate but... Winslet at the end of Titanic. Come back! <laughs> Come back! <laughs> <laughs> I could do Marissa Tomei. Oh yeah, a very very Italian. Hey, I could yeah. too, babe. <laughs> hey, the, going the to. tires on that car ain't so good. Yeah. <laughs> She's like Tony Pizza. <laughs> oh, well, I guess Francis McDormand and Fargo. Winona Ryder? Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> I guess any Minas- any any actress putting on a Minnesota affectation is okay to do an accent of. You betcha. That's a Minnesota thing. That didn't sound Minnesotan, but that's what they say. You betcha. Oh, yeah. yeah. You betcha. What a nice cup of tea. <laughs> do we have any listeners in Minnesota yet? Can we keep oh. that streak running? Because I don't think we do. <laughs> <laughs> we won't after this. <laughs> so, Billy. He blows up a frog, Frogo and Rapo's car, <laughs> and then he starts hitchhiking, and he gets picked up by the biggest burnout ever. Who's just he's uh, all on his own trip about. He's I, supposed to be high, I think, maybe like high on acid, because yeah, he's got his own shagging wagon, like a hippie van that he picks Billy up in, and he's, he's not th- making sense what he's no, talking. He's like one time I went skydiving, and then Betty Crocker was there, and she's <laughs> yeah. like, "Chill out, man." It's like Lucy in the sky with diamonds, man. Yeah, Billy's not talking. He's just like, uh. <laughs> And he's like, wow, far out, man. Cool. Where have you been? Oh. Cool, man. Far out. This he's is where he blows up the, the Star Wars poster when yeah. you're driving by. It just does a drive-by. That's <laughs> yeah. emblematic of how Laser Blast is going to come along and smash yeah. every single box office record Star Wars. Man, did they ever own Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got him. Uh, so, yeah, Billy shows them, and then he uh, he Laser Blasts the, the driver in the van, and he takes over, and just the rampage... From here on yeah. out, it's just a total rampage. He's laser blasting everything in sight. He's not stealthy anymore. He, earlier, he was just popping out at night to do his laser blasting, but now he's just running through the town like some kind of weird ghoul and just blowing up pinball machines. And so, what, yeah. what are my favorite? He's getting five stars in GT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's all out, but he, he is playing it like a confused animal, too. He's like, <laughs> well, he's, yeah, like they just brought King Kong into New York City type of thing. And he's, yeah, just... that's what it reminded me of King Kong. Like, I kept thinking of King Kong when I was looking at him. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's like this weirdly enclosed set. It looks more like a set than any town in like the Southwest. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Because there's like tall, like three story walk up brick buildings and stuff. Like you yeah. wouldn't find that in like New Mexico <laughs> or like eastern but, southern yeah, california he's, he's in where baltimore it takes, place? it takes place in california like i it kind looks of like, I think it's supposed to it looks like yeah california some desert place but like it looks like a bad new york city oh. set or something or yeah where it's supposed to be set and it 
That's what yeah. they're... <laughs> I think at the sheriff's office earlier, it says Knoll County Sheriff's Office on the wall. And then the lab, they keep wanting to send stuff to. They, they mentioned the city that's in too, but I can't remember. But I'm not... Damn, those are crucial plot points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they really this is in Knoll <laughs> County. So. So, Listeners, do your homework. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. Do like I always intend to do and find out where Springfield is. Find out where North oh, yeah. County is. Put the clues together. <laughs> Springfield is where the lab is from this movie, actually. Oh, yeah, that's it? where they send stuff. Springfield, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. D- Good oh. night, Springton. There will be no encore. <laughs> There's not much left. Like, Billy's just blowing up cars. He's blowing up mailboxes. He's blowing up everything. Craig, the uh, CIA guy or whatever he is, he rolls up on Billy. Just before Billy's able to laser blast him, Billy gets ultra laser blasted by the aliens who are looking on from on top of a building across the street or something like that. They just... It is sort of a glorious... Billy's having a blast. He kind of just collapses. And I was like, is he dead? (laughs) And, like, Kathy is there, and she just, like, goes up to his body. She cradles him. And cradles him. And then credits roll. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, they fly away before picking up the laser blaster. Yeah, they just walk off again. It plays out just like the laser fight at the beginning of the movie. Billy doesn't do any damage to them, and then they just, like, roast him. What yeah. was that laser flight fight at the beginning of the movie then? Because it wasn't the, the same exact thing. same thing that happened before. The cosmic ballet goes on. Yeah, yeah, but it was a first... different blonde kid, I think, who looked very identical to Billy. I think this is why the government guys on the trail of this thing, because this has happened in another town before. And again, uh, the writing but it was Billy at the start. No, I think it, it was, just looked like Billy. It was just well, some... it was credited as Billy at the start. Of... Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the same actor, but I think it was supposed to be a different they person. They didn't yeah. want to put a different guy in makeup. No, maybe that's part of the avant-garde <laughs> nature of it. <laughs> like yeah, Billy. Like a, they're Louis dressing Billy up. Boon, it's like, well, we already Boon did well. this scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> surreal. Wow. We already did the scene where the aliens blew me up. I yes, believe. Yes, you did. We're just going <laughs> to do gonna... it again. Total <laughs> coverage. Total coverage, Billy. He's blowing up in Baltimore now. He blew you up in the desert before. Now you're in Baltimore. Damn, this movie. Yeah, it looked like Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. God damn. It looked like the tenements. pretty fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, again, it's... I, I'm going to be generous and say it's 15 great explosions and some great stop motion. There was enough that's... fun stuff like that to keep me engaged, for mm-hmm. sure, but it's a pretty stupid movie. <laughs> the writer of this movie actually appears in the movie. She's in the scene earlier, I think. Oh, is she? Yeah. Nice. When the government guy shows up to the sheriff's office for the first time. She's the one typing on the typewriter, and then the sheriff's like, oh, you sure do type so much. You're going to type yourself a whole book one day or something, and she's like, oh, that's, cute. Oh, that's my job, sir. Something something like that, but she is in this movie. Oh, Fran Shack. Fran Shack. You know, I wish her well, but mm-hmm. she wrote a shitty movie. Yeah. I uh, wish her uh, someone would throw her down a well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This movie could have been a lot better. There's some people doing some good work on it. They had the elements here where they could have made like a really made everything work really well i know they had no budget pretty much but they still had pretty good effects in it they had great makeup take a b sci-fi movie that's from around this time uh shit what's the name of what was that john carpenter movie not dark star or something like dark star something like dark star which came out a couple years before this also on a shoestring budget but directed by somebody who had vision written by somebody who had something in mind dan o'bannon and like came out the same year as alien sure that movie had that movie had more of a budget but like phantasm 
Okay, that's yeah. a movie that came out the same year. That's a movie with like no budget, but a lot of creativity. Again, it's a Charles Band production. This is his bread and butter is making uh, really cheap movies. Like the Full Moon Features, they're known for like the Puppet Master franchise. I think they made movies like Ghoulies, of Robot Jocks, Robot Wars. Jeffrey Combs appears in a lot of movies that they do. I've seen a lot of this guy's movies, good. I guess. Yeah, I've seen a lot of them. And, and, and a million others. Oh, Piranha came out in 78. Evil Bong. Uh, Evil Bong, Ginger Dead Man. Oh, again, Ginger Dead Man, like bad B movie, but it's got uh, Busey in it. Uh, Gary Busey. So, you know, they get their name actors that you can put on the poster to attract attention. And it's slapped together pretty good. They're, they're, they were known for the VHS market, basically, through the 80s and 90s and everything. This guy made eight movies from 1977 to 1980. Charles Band. Let's just say seven movies from 1977 to 1979. Yeah, exactly. Like he's like a Roger Corman figure, where you know he's got his band of his brother does the the scores for his movies and his Charles Band Aid. But then, you know he gets a, a movie like this, throw a couple porn stars in there. They're probably having a great time. They're like, oh, you mean I don't have to have sex on camera today? I get to. <laughs> Get chased around by a big head. That sounds fun to me. <laughs> what is $300 in 1978? That's what Roddy McDowell got paid. $300. When you think about it, though. It's he... like 1500 bucks. That's not bad for a day's work. And he probably worked for two hours, really. Like, Yeah, he did all he's... scenes in a day. He's in one but scene, like, then they brought him out in the back lot and said, okay, now sit in the car and pretend, make a shocked face like your car's about to blow up. And that was it. Uh, Talk, make, make sure you make it clear on the phone that you cannot leave till after midnight. You're not going to be here <laughs> until after midnight. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Can do. I was in Planet of the Apes. <laughs> what did you guys was... think? That's uh, Heather's and... What the fuck's this called? Laser, laser blast. blast. So guys, that was Heather's and Laser Blast. It's, what did you like more? I actually don't know which movie I would rank higher, though. This is actually maybe the harder one to rank for me that we've done so far. I, I really appreciate what both these movies were doing. You know, Heather's is pretty much an A-list movie. It's got a big stars in it, and but it has a sort of a weird giallo feel to it that's kind of fun and weird, and the, some of the dialogue might be a little bit awkward. You can tell, like, probably a middle-aged man was writing it. Laser Blast, uh, the writing, crappy, script crappy, great explosion, great makeup effects, great alien turtle monsters. I almost have to flip a coin on this one. Wow. Uh... <laughs> What's the scale? What what's your, what's your scale? <laughs> like how it's, many like how many points does an explosion get you? And how many points does like a giallo sequence get you on whatever rubric you're working with here? I don't like, know. Walk us through what, a, what what's what's going on in your head. That's the problem. I need I have like three different rubrics I'm looking at this, and it's getting all mixed up. I'm going to give the point to Heathers. <laughs> yeah. Heathers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I, I kind of, it took me a while to vibe with Heathers, but once I did get in, I was like, okay, I get what this movie's throwing down, and I, I'm kind of with it. I like it. And I, I love Winona Ryder. She's amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you shouldn't have. I also love Winona Ryder, and it's hard for me not to love a movie that has her in it. Mm. And I'm also grading on a scale where it's like, yeah, weird turtle monsters. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite actresses and probably my biggest childhood crush that maybe is still a big actress oh, crush for me. I love fucking Winona Ryder. I love her in Stranger Things still. I'm like, oh, she's so great. Uh, I don't know. Heather's I found a little bit off-putting. 
in a lot of ways. I thought it had a lot of funny stuff. It's a really original and cool movie. It has a really good script. Talented people are in it. I'm not the biggest fan of Christian Slater, so I got to give the edge to... <laughs> so I got to give the edge to Laser Blast. <laughs> Uh, there's just a lot of stuff in laser blast that i can't get in any modern movies there are other modern movies like heather's there's a lot of movies that are trying to be like it maybe aren't as good or better they probably don't go all as far as heather's does with like the teenagers dying and mass suicide storyline but it's a bit more of a sensitive topic these days probably they're both they're both weird freak movies and i'm a weird Mm. freak but not that (laughs) heather's kind of weird freak as much personally so it's down to me well i uh you're the tiebreaker i'm not that much of a i, I don't mind oh, christian cool. slater but uh cool. he's not gonna put my he's not gonna put my tushy in any seats or anything so i think i'm gonna i'm leaning more tushy. towards heather's kind of problematic or troubling content aside i think that just kind of putting the both movies in context laser blast it's a lot of fun. You got explosions. That's great. It is kind of following the trend, trying to catch on the wave of the Star Wars trend, whereas Heather's is kind of bucking the current trend, where if you look at teen high school movies of the time, you got your Fast Times at Ridgemont Highs, you got your John Hughes movies and whatever. And this is just kind of like a kind of a sharp turn that allowed people to kind of go and explore darker high school content for better or worse. A lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that they're making light of doesn't turn up. It doesn't age well, but uh, I enjoyed it. It's a uh, wacky. It's fun, and you know that uh, <laughs> that Winona Ryder. I really like her too. Yeah. Her and Christian Slater make a handsome couple. <laughs> Hers is the voice I hear in my dreams. <laughs> so I guess I, hey, yeah, I, I'm, me, I'm going Heather's. It's me. Want to have sex tonight? Oh, Winona. Oh, it's no problem if you don't. Uh, I'll just make you some coffee. I'm like I'm the nerdy sort of friend. Full Irish person. <laughs> oh, I said. I set up my strip croquet wickets in the backyard. You want to come over? Well, I, uh, I, 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 uh, I never really uh, played strip croquet before, but I guess I'll come over and knock some balls around with you. Oh, great. <laughs> Heather's I prefer. Laser Blast is uh, fun, but I, I preferred Heather's overall. Pretty easy for me. Well, I had to break the vote. Heather's wins. Heather's, <laughs> Heather's but you didn't know it was yeah. broken until the, until the very end. Mm-hmm. That means Luke has to do a humiliating challenge for being on the losing side of our... That's our high and low th- uh, tradition here. There's <laughs> nothing more humiliating than picking the next episode for this awful, awful show. So yeah. what are we, where, where are we going next time? Next time we're going to uh, do a little bit of an Oscar special. Is Billy Crystal going to host? <laughs> well, we'll just have to wait and see. Actually, I have uh, James Franco and Anne Hathaway on the phone because <laughs> I think that's everyone's favorite Oscar yeah. host. We're actually going to do a little bit of an Oscar special, but also we're just going to focus in on one particular movie that's nominated for some Oscars, and it's a movie about snow cannibalism. Society of the, the Snow. There's snow cannibalism like show cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk Society of the Snow, uh, and that should be a real laugh riot. I, and we're going to also talk about a little bit of a cult classic from the 1990s called Ravenous. Hey, who's hungry? Mm. <laughs> I might peckish yeah. for Long Pig. Well, right on. Until uh, next time when we come back with a little bad taste special. This has been High and Low. Thanks for listening. I'm Vaughn. I'm Mitchell. I'm Luke. Smell you later. Peace. When I was just a little girl, 
she said to me.